to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. I like to fuck. Do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bang bus think they're a good deal. My dick is small. What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm your designated host, Adam, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. I'm drunk, I'm old, I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. And this is Scott, the man of a thousand and four drinks. Thank you all very much for joining us for this week's episode. We hope you have a cold one in hand, and... uh Hope you're turned on to listen to this awesome one, brother. But uh, but you know what else uh, helps? Getting those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts that you could get on whatamaneuver.net. Drunk, uh, Drunk Wrestling History logo, loud and proud on the chest, t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and onesies for the miniature Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes that you have. It, uh, it's just about that time for holiday shopping, so... Get the fuck on it. What a maneuver. Oh, that's actually net. that that's actually a great you know what that's really good for is like a secret Santa thing. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like if you do like a secret Santa thing at work or something, imagine getting some of that getting that for someone, especially if it's someone like doesn't know doesn't know the podcast but knows wrestling. You know, that would be hilarious. Or someone That'd you work with cool. who's a or someone who likes to drink. Or if you're playing white elephant. Yeah, Yankee Swap. Right. Or even Yankee baby elephant. Yankee swap. Or if you're playing baby elephant even. <laughs> Great stocking stuffers. See, then we're you giving want... you ideas. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. a onesie a onesie fits perfectly in a stocking. That's very true. Yeah, we've got our logo yeah. splattered across the chest like a Cleveland steamer. Thank you for pointing that out, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How'd buy you know, a fucking shirt. How'd you know the method of how they do that? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read. Uh, <laughs> We all have uh, beverages in hand. What do you guys have? I'm sipping them right now. I just poured the last bit of a bottle of um, uh, Cuervo 1800 Reposado. I had a tiny, I had about a shot and a half left of the bottle. I just poured that in a glass. I just had a sh- uh, shock top to get started. And when the tequila's gone, I've got an ACDC Juicy IPA that is 6.66% alcohol. Um, Sounds someone lo- I don't. Do either of you guys know how this got in my house? Probably Adam. I did. Okay, I I wasn't sure because you bring so many beers, and then on Halloween, a bu- you know, there were so many beers that were brought over by different people. Like I have like a, my house looks like a fucking uh, total wine or something. There's such a variety of beer. There's not a lot of any single beer, but there's a lot of different ones in there right now. Like I, someone brought over a Kirkland beer. I don't know who brought that. That's a thing. Yeah. So okay, it wasn't you then? Whoa. No, I had no idea Kirkland had it. Dude, I wouldn't fucking take that to a party. Are you kidding me? Well, I don't That's know. It's like bringing brought... a yellow can that just says beer and black letters across the front. That's what my dad <laughs> used to drink when I was a kid. <laughs> Fuck. I can only imagine how bad that shit was. 
Oh my gosh. And drink your own piss instead. Tastes better. I thought maybe it came from Shannon's party. You know, like someone brought it to your house and then you brought it, pawned it off on me. No, dude, come on. I have a little more class than that. I mean, not much more class, but a little more class than that. (laughs) Very little class, but more than that. More than that. So I'm drinking a double dank shake. This is also one that Adam got me uh, from Alvarado Street and Great Motion. It's a IPA with uh, something and milk sugar, and it's pretty good. Double dank shake. Double, double dank? Does it have weed in it? Uh, possibly. It does. the The shake does look green. I'll hold just so for the listeners. I'm holding up my can to the camera, so mm. maybe you could see it's that a green sick. milkshake look. Dude, yeah. those those okay, dank letters are clearly weed leaves. That. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So not only am I getting drunk during this episode, <laughs> gonna add a little something to it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I gotta see the. I gotta. I gotta look this beer up. Dude, I'll be asleep by match four. <laughs> I used to work. I not work. I used. To, I went to school with a dude. His name was Dan Kalinsky, and he always wrote his name. He always wrote his Dan and his first initial K because it said Dank. He was like a big <laughs> pothead, and he thought oh. it was like the. He thought it was the funniest thing, dude. He thought he was so clever for writing. He's dank. so clever, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great so before we get there. going, oh hold on. Uh, so before we hold get on. going, I, I got wanna, uh, oh. I got sorry, San Adam. Plan- Pellegrino Aranciata. I think that's how it's said, and some relative left it. So nice. that's what I'm going for. That's super classy, dude. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's Italian sparkling drinks. <laughs> See, super classy. <laughs> yeah, I always I always drink that with my meatball sandwiches. <laughs> oh god, damn it. Missed opportunity. All right. Yep. Yep. I know you could have done a Don Morocco and eaten a, miss, a, a meatball sandwich during the show. <laughs> Don Morocco actually invented your gimmick, Adam, because he ate a meatball sandwich during a match one time. He's whipping a dude's ass eating a fucking hoagie meatball it was sub. The greatest shit I've ever seen. That's awesome. So good. Yeah. I wanted to do a watch along of it, but it's too short. It's like three minutes. <laughs> um, so anyway, before we get going, I just want to say hello to our international listeners like I like to do every so often. So this as a, it's early in the month, so we'll have more by the end of the month. So maybe I'll do this again in a couple weeks. But uh, hello to our listeners in the UK, Canada, Australia, Italy, Germany, Poland, Spain, Ireland, New Zealand, and that one dude in India. He can't talk and, to friends. Well, come on, we need, I think we need he did more that than one, the one dude. I think he did that one time. Remember, we got like twenty, and then it was like, but it was only the one time. And I was like, I think he got all his friends to listen to us, but none of them liked it. Oh, you know what? You're right. Okay, yeah. sorry that one dude in India. Keep yeah. listening, dude. Yeah. But you know what? That one dude in India needs to do. He needs to tell him about the show again because he was mentioned during the roast. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. That's right. Yeah, and well, he's and, basically he's mentioned yeah. on like every other episode. Well, that's true, but like he's actually our most famous listener, but nobody knows his name. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's more famous than us, but not as famous as the wives. Yeah, right. it's the Shit. wives, then that listener in India, and then us. Yeah, right. that's the totem pole of drunk wrestling history. <laughs> and then JC, right? Because right. <laughs> he because he met Virgil. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, Adam. Uh, for this week's episode, we are taking it back to the year of our Lord, nineteen eighty-five. At Madison Square Garden, Season 1, Episode 1, the series premiere of this tiny little pay-per-view event. I think you've heard of it. This is the inaugural WrestleMania. 
yeah, I've had this. This is another one of those ones that I've had on my list forever. And we're probably going to start doing WrestleManias a little more often because um, I've said this a million times. And I'm starting to think it's not going to happen, but I've always wanted to review every WrestleMania. But I was like, dude, 39 is coming up and we've done like eight or something. Like unless we really speed it up or we do the show for 15 years, we're not going to get to all of them. Well, and also, dude, the ones that go when they start going like four hours, five hours, almost mm -hmm. eight hours. Like, how do you even cover that in one show? You'd You're have doing to split like a those three part up. episode. Yeah. The two night ones you'd have to do in two weeks, I think. For sure. But, Absolutely. But, but luckily, the first one of those was only two years ago, two and a half years ago. So that one wouldn't come up for another couple years anyway. Right. So, right. you know. Um, but yeah, you're right. The longer the longer the show, the longer the episode. And shit, we've done it, it, four, yeah. we've done our our uh, pay-per-views. Or not our pay-per-views, but like two and a half hour pay-per-views that went almost that long. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I just, oh, man, I don't know. I mean, th up until they started going like four hours. Mm -hmm. I think it's doable, but everything after that is just, dude, I don't know how we'd fit that into one show. Yeah. Well, maybe it's even impossible. if we, well, maybe if we even do get to all of them before we retire, like we just fuck off everything after 36 or 35, yeah. 35. No, I'll just, I'll just say a match. You're entitled to one word to describe that match. And we move on. <laughs> <laughs> like word association with WrestleMania. Hated it. Hated it. No snaps. <laughs> um, so to get into the show it has this amazing opening it's got this cool music I love the I love it because it's like you know what it was actually really good for the time yes they didn't have a template that was the thing about this is there was mm -hmm. no template to follow they right. were kind of setting the bar here with everything that they did literally everything from start to finish was a, a bar that they were setting and they created the template for pay-per-views moving forward and yeah they were making it up as they went Reiterating from several, however many episodes we uh, mentioned this, Vince went all in on this one. This is yeah. going to be the the main event, the extravaganza that uh, wrestling is centered around. Yeah, so, the Super Bowl yeah. of wrestling, so or like, it, it was also make or break. You want to build that perception. Whoa, okay, yeah. there's a lot of mythology around that about it being make or break a lot of what the company says is not exactly true but it's a good story about, dude it's a good and that's why they tell it right because it's not well, a good sure. story if it was like oh we knew this was going to be fucking great then you don't really have a good story and vince didn't do anything amazing he did something easy but it's it's it, fun to play what if with it though well yeah but which we have well, check there, out that episode well there would have okay we so have. i watched thank you adam so i watched the a and e biography on it today and um, Hogan was on there talking about, yeah, that would have been the end of the company if it didn't do well, brother, right. and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, the company would have still been around. It would have taken him, his ass a while to get out of debt. But they yep. were they were so on fire at that point anyway that you could have had one bomb um, and just lost a bunch of money on it and been kind of fucked over for a while. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, the whole thing about Vince cashing in all his chips was, I mean, kind of true. Like he did. I know he did mortgage his house. I know that's true. Or I mean, Roddy Piper said it, so I assume it's true. Um but he did, and I don't remember how much of this I mentioned on the Vince episode. He got a million bucks for, from Crockett right before it to put into the show. And that was for selling him back, selling him the uh, Georgia TBS slot that he was going to get thrown off of anyway because the ratings okay. were shit. He also got a million bucks from Inoki because he did a talent deal with him. So he started licensing Inoki, sending his guys to work for Inoki. Okay. Um, so, he got, so that's two million bucks up front. 
But uh, he was he was scraping and scrounging. I mean, he did that deal to raise the money for this. He didn't have the cash on hand because he had to pay to rent all those theaters, all those arenas. He had to put money up front to do all that shit. So, yeah. And they also make a big thing about, especially on that documentary, that biography, lean so hard into no one had ever thought of doing something like this on uh, closed circuit before. And it was crazy. And we all thought he was nuts. And it was like closed circuit had been around for like 20 years at that point. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't Starcade 83 and maybe 84 get shown on closed circuit? I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. And and boxing had been around for years on closed circuit. Ali had had fights on closed circuit. Um, even the, um, Ali Anoki fight was on closed circuit. So closed circuit, he didn't innovate anything with that. Um, I mean, yeah, he did take a financial risk, but he didn't do anything that was unproven. You know, lots of money had been made on closed circuit over the last 25 years or so. Gotcha. So yeah, there's a lot, you know, it's like everything with WWE. There's, it's always their story and it's always a little turned up. You know, they always make everything sound a little bigger and a little, you know, it's, it's wrestling, you know? And I wonder how many of the wrestlers actually believe it to this point. They've told that story so many times. Hogan, for example, like it was make or break. And if it didn't happen, like if WrestleMania didn't succeed, you know, we'd all be out of a job. You wouldn't know about the WWF anymore. Like, do they actually believe that now? Hogan probably does because I think he just lies so much. He <laughs> believes anything he says. He probably believes there was really a Hulkster in heaven. Wait, you know? Hogan lies? Yeah, right. He probably, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hogan lies? Probably, what? He, he probably believes that uh, Lila Ali actually called him and talked him out of killing himself 10 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, H- Hogan's a fucking sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> but we love him, brother. But I don't doubt a lot of younger wrestlers uh, think that. You know, like I bet Gable, Gable Stevenson probably doesn't know shit about the company, gets hired and watches that documentary and buys yeah. everything about it, especially, yeah, the younger ones who were born 10, 15 years after that. What do they know? Right, right. And the, unless they listen to this show. Good point. But no, I I agree with you. I was kind of chuckling when you mentioned about the open on this thing. And it was just a cheesy graphic of like basically all of the matches that were happening that night in pictures on the screen. But it's like, it was it, great. It was so 85. Yeah, it was. It was very 85. And it was like the boxes were positioned over like space. Yes. Like space in the background. And it was like the Empire State Building in one box and the WWE, WWF logo in another box. And then it would have the two guys from each match in the other two boxes. It was awesome. Yep. And so on Pacock, the music is a song called Rock Journey by a guy called Chris Goldstone. Never heard of that dude. Interesting. Um, but it, it was some cool guitar music. It was actually, I liked it a lot. Was it actually, Easy Lover was the theme song. Yes, it was. Was Easy Lover originally the intro music that they would have played on here? Do you know? I believe so. I think okay. it was the intro music. I thought so because I I used to, you know, I had the DVD. I mean, I have the DVD, but I haven't watched it in years. I think on the DVD or at least on the VHS because I had that VHS set they put out after like 13 or so. The compilation? I, yeah, that big box they fucking yep. put out. Yeah, I had that. And I thought that they did play Easy Lover on that intro. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that they had the rights to it for like rebroadcasts or tapes. I mean, I've the... heard it. I've heard it on the show and I swear they played it on the opening on the uh, closed credits too. Oh, so okay. I think that, that makes sense. I think it was on both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Such it's a great bit... song too. Like props to Phil Collins for that one. Oh, oh yeah. And Bailey, what's his name? Bailey something. I don't know. It's some Who other that, dude. That, it, that was his like one hit. Phil Collins and the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, other guy. Yeah, right. It's like George <laughs> Michael and the other guy from Wham. Yeah, it doesn't matter what his or, name is. Or, or Tom Hanks and the other guy from uh, Bosom Buddies. 
<laughs> um, and there's your outro music for this episode. No. You know the music from Bosom Buddies? Yeah. I know it's before my time, but I've. I've I just, how would you even remember? I mean, that's I, impressive. Dude. Well, that was. Tom Hanks is my number two favorite actor of all time, and I like TV theme songs. I use it for trivia. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah you are you are a student of the game. Yeah, totally. Yeah, impressive. That's, that's impressive. Okay, now do the perfect stranger song. It'll come to me. Da da da. da. Sometimes <laughs> the world looks perfect. Wow. Something to rearrange. Sometimes you just. Get a feeling like you need some kind of change. Holy <laughs> shit. Dude, Holy dude, shit. Like fucking well Adam, done. dude. Wow. Dude, like fucking Balky. Like this is slapstick humor <laughs> that I wasn't able to comprehend when I was watching it. Like I hear people laughing. Why is everyone laughing? I don't know what's going on. I don't comprehend jokes. But still, I want to say he was one of the first few that really drove me in. <laughs> slapstick humor. That guy's funny. <laughs> that's impressive dude yeah, i think we yeah. found a new game to play with adam oh yeah there yeah that's a good one. Nice. Oh no we have we played the callers adam sings the song and the callers have to guess what it is i like it i yeah. like it yeah that's our next game dude yep. it's not so, wrestling or porn it's do you know your uh theme song your, uh, or wrestling theme there you right. go yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so just we're almost 20 minutes into this. We haven't gotten to the first match and I have quite a few drunk facts. Uh, so I'm going to skip over a few of my notes because it's not that interesting. Um, one of the first things I noticed that was really different compared to now is the crowd. It's a very different crowd from who's there now. Like you barely see any kids in the audience. It's all like it's all adults like and old people and you know what I mean? It's not this is before there's nobody. They're seated there no one to has, enjoy a show. Well, I mean, they are now yeah. too. I'm just saying, like, clearly this is before they were marketing the show to kids. Nobody was cartoony at this point. You know, right. Hogan was yeah. like the oh, cartooniest yeah. person they had. And this is before the cartoon started. And yes. I think, is this before the first run of LJNs came out? Uh, no, LJNs were out at this point. Okay, so they were new to that. But I mean. Yeah, that was like late 84, what... early 85. They were on store shelves. Okay, yeah. And that's how wrestling had been up to this point, you know, it wasn't for kids. It was like treated like a regular sport, you know, yeah, but it was definitely um, making that turn because like you said, the cartoon was right around the corner. They had action figures. So they were definitely leaning into that whole, we're going to market this to kids thing. Right. Yeah. But this was the old, a lot of these people were the people who'd still, who'd been coming to the garden for 15 years was the old school fans, like yeah. the working class people. Yeah. And this three quarters of them were there to see fucking Bruno. Right. Exactly. And this yeah. is when tickets were still cheap. Um, right. so I started looking up ticket prices and doing inflation, um, calculations. Um, cause this is like, yeah, this is when it was for those people. And then they turn it into, let's bring the families here who are going to spend a bunch of money and buy a bunch of merchandise for the kids. Exactly. Yep. Um, and they're going to pay more for a ticket. So I started looking at ticket stubs on eBay. Uh, cause I was like, how do you figure out a ticket price back then? Go to eBay. Um, so I found a bunch. So in 1980, 26th row on the floor was 10 bucks which ingested for inflation is $36. Um, by May 1985, that same price, $36 in today's money, would get you fourth row on the 100 level. So you're already up a level. By November 86, that price got you third row in the 200 level. 
So now you're all the way upstairs. It's a good row, but you're all the way upstairs. Damn. So for the equivalent amount of money, you went from 26 row on the floor to the third row all the way upstairs. At the garden. This is at the garden. So that's how much ticket prices increased in that vent, you know, once Vince took over and wanted to start marketing. Because by no by November 86, it was full on world wrestling entertainment, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Wow, dude, that's insane. Yeah, like a huge difference. That's a good drunk fact right there. Right? See, that was some drunk research. Very well done. Thank you. Uh, so for this ep- or the commentators are Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura. Fink is the ring announcer to intro the show. Uh, commentators, welcome everyone. And Mean Gene Okerlund sings the national anthem. Yeah, the does. national anthem. Yeah, right. They still, I don't know when they stopped, but Aretha Franklin sang America the Beautiful at three, right? Uh, Aretha Franklin did, yes. Okay, so I don't know what song they sang at two. They either started the that at two or three. I want to say it was probably three because three was the first year. It was a big deal, I think, because I don't even remember who the fuck sang it at two. It might have been Bark at the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> they just did that instead. <laughs> Why not? He was at the show. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, and Mean Gene was great because he did a shit job of singing it, but he Horrible. got it over fast. Yeah, way better than Rock and Robin at five. Let me just point yeah. that out. Well, he, yeah, he did a bad job, but it was only the second worst job. Well, here's so a, I actually... Here's the thing. Ahead, uh, he, he was also using notes... And yes. it still didn't sound good. <laughs> Clearly. So, yeah. I don't know. Is he a true American? <laughs> I, well, I think he's from Minnesota. Does that count? <laughs> Shout out to our listeners in Minnesota. Please send a juice to Lucy. <laughs> so, I had heard that there was supposed to be another person to come in and sing the national anthem. And at the last minute, they bailed. That would make sense why Mean Gene would have... Uh, notes. Yeah. And that's like exactly why. Yes. Why bring okay. in Liberace and have a house entertainer do the na- at the national anthem? That makes sense. Because Liberace doesn't open the show. No, Liberace's right. not going to open right. the show, but if you could afford him and you could afford Ali, uh, why not bring in somebody to sing that? Yeah. Well, I'd like to point out Cindy Lauper was in the house. Yeah, she's not opening the show either. Do you know who it was supposed to be? No, nobody has said. Should have been fucking Phil Collins. Right? It should the, have been. Or the Bailey guy. <laughs> that other guy that sang that song with Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah. Um, they start off right away. I love the way they format the show because uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, who I always love seeing, is standing at the back right by the entrance. He's facing the entrance with the ring behind him. And like the heel always comes out and walks right behind him. Yeah. And then they cut. Well, first of all, let me start over. He's wearing a banana pudding colored tuxedo. Yes. Which is awesome. Um, So he's talking and you see the executioner walk out behind him. And then they immediately cut to the executioner being interviewed by Mean Gene in the back. Yes. Executioner has just walked to the ring. Yeah. And uh, and Lord doesn't explain that this is a pre-tape. Like you would be led to believe that this is live. Which is great. And then his, his <laughs> again, his no interv- template. I'm just saying, no template. Yeah, yeah. And his interview was so great. He comes in and like totally executioner comes in and totally stumbles over. He says something about I'm gonna go after your knee, Tito, but he forgets what body part, I think. Yeah. And you can see it's like the shittiest mask. 
and it's, it's clearly horrible. Buddy Rose. You can see right through that fucking mask that it's Playboy uh, Buddy Rose. Very, very clearly Buddy Rose, yes. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't be like, if you've ever seen Buddy Rose, you know exactly. I forgot who it was, and then I was like, oh yeah, it's Buddy Rose when I saw yeah, it. You can like see his blonde hair fucking sticking out. Like, <laughs> like it's very clearly Buddy Rose. I know, and then I was like, that dude was a big star on the West Coast. It's fucking unbelievable. Of and all he people. was thin in this. And he was thin. He was thin. Yeah. Well, this is when he was a slim trim, 219 pounds. Right. Dude. Holy <laughs> shit. He found cheeseburgers or something. Or yeah, something. Right. That's your, <laughs> or something. That's your lead up into the inaugural match of WrestleMania. Tito Santana versus the Executioner. No special entrances. No. No. They're, no. they're they already the in ring. the ring. Already in the ring. Yeah, you watch Executioner from behind, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Jesse the Body immediately says WrestleMania is already living up to his expectations. Uh, I was going to say, Jesse the Body Ventura, and I quote, Woodstock is to music as WrestleMania is to wrestling. If only he knew what it would be in the year 2022. No shit, huh? Yep. Yeah, selling a a brand new stadium out in LA two nights in a row. Yep, with no yeah. matches announced. Yeah, with no matches announced. Oh, yeah. so prophetic, right. dude. And by the way, Jesse the Body of Ventura, shout out to our listeners in Minnesota. That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, Jesse, my pillow, Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm sure a lot of people have heard this is pretty legendary. But Tito was upset about going on first. He didn't want. He was like, "Why am I going on first? You know, like that's a fucking jobber spot." Um. But Vince explained to him that he wanted him to go on first to heat the crowd up. Like Vince was like, I know you can go out there and have a really good match and really warm the place up. And the crowd and the, loved Tito. The crowd loved they Tito. And Tito and Tito yes. could always go have a good match. And Buddy Rose was actually a good worker. I just don't know why anyone liked him. Um, <laughs> no, so he is Tito, a good worker. Stop it. Yeah. So Tito warmed up to the idea and then he was like, then he was into it. He's like, cool. And then like now he's like. You know, if he went on fifth, he wouldn't be, you know, he has the distinction to be in the first guy in the first WrestleMania match. Yes. You know? Also, the first winner in WrestleMania history. Right, Spoiler exactly. Alert. So he's kind of, and I believe he was in the first nine of them. Right? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd have to run through real quick in my head, like the, the match Rolodex, but I believe you're right. Yeah, and I think he might be the only guy who did that, I think, because, well, no, Hogan, I guess. I think it would be Hogan and him. Yeah, because Hogan's got cut off at at 10. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, so the only other one would be Hogan, uh, uh, Tito, and Fink would be the That's only it. ones who were, were at the first nine. Yep. So, yeah. So um, to get started on the match, um, they do a crisscross. Tito drops down, backdrop, drop kicks Buddy out of the ring. Boom, right away. Like, bam, 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 bam. Back and forth, quick action. And again, um, getting the crowd into it, warming them up. Exactly what Tito is great at. Right, because the crowd is ready to go crazy, and then they come in yes. and do some fast, you know, quick high-flying, which was considered high-flying at the time, stuff. Right, right. Um, Executioner immediately goes after Tito's leg, which had been injured recently, but um, he just can't, he can't deal with Tito. You know what I mean? He can't, he can't stay on top for long. And one of them hits the ropes, and that's when I noticed how loose the ropes were back then. Right. Very you catch loose. Him, like, you hit those ropes, and you'd go out a good two and a half feet, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, dude. They were pretty yeah. loose. Um, Executioner takes a flare toss off the top rope, which was cool, but then he blocked a splash from Tito, um, and he barely sells it, and he goes right back to work on Tito's leg. He just, like, gets right up from that fucking flare bump. To be fair, he did warn about that during his pre-match interview. Yeah, I'm gonna go after your knee, Tito. All he's gonna do is go after the leg. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> um, yeah, that's true. That is all he did. Um, Tito kicks him out of the ring and he lands on that timekeeper's or right next to the timekeeper's table or like kind of hits it. That's when I first noticed that that timekeeper's uh, table was still right up against the apron. Right sent, there, dude. He yep. sent him over the ropes, landing seated on the chair. That That's impressive. right. He lands on the, sitting <laughs> in the impressive. chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, short match. Tito hits a flying uh, burrito, which at this point was not his finisher. Then he does a figure four. Executioner sold the shit out of it. Yeah, he did. And um, the referee, for whatever reason, can't yell 10 feet to the timekeeper. He has to get up, walk over, and tell the timekeeper that yeah, the match walk. is over. Yeah. Meanwhile, Executioner yeah. suffering. Right, he's dying from, to, from the figure four, and the referee's taking his... And the referee... All these referees were old. They're all, like, 70. Dude. You know, the, yep. so this dude wasn't moving very fast. Yeah, I think Patterson was the youngest ref in this whole thing. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I think you're right. Patterson was had to be 50. Yeah, and I love that Jesse pointed out Tito sending a message to the champion, IC champion, Greg Valentine, by mm-hmm. doing the figure four. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Yeah. At some point, Tito's finisher switched over to the flying burrito. Yeah, I couldn't tell you when, but yeah. And uh, spoiler alert, Tito wins the title uh, three months later. Right, from Great the Hammer. And we're going to get a set more of a setup for that later on in the show. Exactly, yep. Yeah, so I'm going to give you the times on these matches. That was four minutes and 49 seconds. Okay. That's kind of what you want from an opener, though. Quick to the point, you get a baby face in there, gets the crowd hot. Especially back in those days. And some for the time, like you mentioned, high-flying moves. Yeah, if if you Good open with a four, if you open a pay per view with a four minute and forty nine second match, every, the whole internet would shit all over it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Um, and that's it for that match. Alfred Hayes throws to Mean Gene, interviewing SD Jones and King Kong Bundy. <laughs> I love SD Jones. He's probably I, my favorite jobber of all time. Yeah, I mean, he, this is what he's most famous for. Antigua in the West Indies. That's where he was from. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I was, loved SD Jones as a kid, dude. Was it even called the West Indies at that point? Is it still, is, is it called the West Indies now? Isn't I like thought that's 1800s? where they built him from. I don't, I don't know, dude. No, I think you're right, but I don't think it was called that at that point. That, Adam, can what, you, uh, can you fact check this? Just like, who Google. might argue with the fink? Wait, on when the West Indies was. Never mind. Never mind. It's not important. We need to yeah. get it moving. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're, we're a half hour into this. We're on the second match. Luckily, uh, the second match is short. So, Adam, <laughs> yes. the second match. The second match is uh, containing said wrestlers. It is uh, SD Special Delivery Jones versus King Kong Bundy with Jimmy Hart. Gorilla says he's a mountain with legs and feet and arms. <laughs> like Eddie's brother, Terry. Yeah. Okay. Fastest match in WWE history at the time, nine seconds. It was actually 24 seconds. Yes. This review of this match, I think, was less than nine seconds. Moving on. <laughs> it was a squash. Yeah. I would like to point out, though, before moving on. Okay. Bundy made a big deal in his pre-match interview of doing a five count. He, he didn't, didn't do, do a five, a five count. count in the match. Yeah. Right. Which was Kinda his weird. gimmick at the time. I think, honestly, he was so excited and caught up in the moment, he just didn't do it. I, you he know forgot. what? Yeah, no, sense. he, he, he got off of him a little early. I've been known to finish a little early when I get excited to. It happens. To be fair. Yeah. It's not every day you get to lay on top of SD Jones. I'd get excited too. <laughs> <laughs> or, or under, or under Big Bundy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have two notes. I'd be honored to last nine seconds. <laughs> I keep thinking that 
uh, brain would put more time looking into a fi- looking for a fake diet coke for Vince than the length of this match. <laughs> and then also, it, is this better than Taka versus Aguila? Oh God, <laughs> no! But it's way more. <laughs> I didn't even think it, about that. No, just, but it's way more memorable. It's just a yeah. formality. We have to ask it. No, yeah, thank you yeah. for remembering that. I used to put that in my notes uh, whenever we do the second match, and I kind of forgot recently. Also, I want to point out, if you go to a wrestling encyclopedia and look up, how do you build a monster heel? It'll say, go to WrestleMania 1, watch match number 2. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, what happened with Bundy the next year? He headlined WrestleMania. He headlined WrestleMania, yeah. Thank you. Ricky Steamboat didn't have a mean streak. Right, they're saying he's a fucking pussy. Right. Yeah. Right, he's a puss. And like he's, he's never going to cheat on his wife, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, he's going to carry his fucking baby to the ring. Right. <laughs> Matt Bourne was so right, dude. He saw that shit. Ricky, <laughs> Ricky Ste- You're totally right. Ricky yeah. Steamboat is only going to be married once. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what a candy ass. No, but I don't know if he's only been married once, but he got divorced and she somehow became a legal owner of his name. Because, you know, Rick, Ricky Steamboat isn't his real name, nor is Dragon. She right. somehow owned the rights to his fucking Holy name. Shit. Yeah, it actually, he got put in the Hall of Fame later beca- later than he would have because of that, because they would have had to put him in under his real name. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. Because I think the year he got it back, like it was through whatever, I don't know if he bought it back from her or what, but that was the year they put him in. Because it was kind of like not early, not, not late, late, but it was... I mean, it's been a long time ago now, but yeah, she owned the rights to his fucking name. Holy shit. Yeah, you imagine that? Oh, dude. <laughs> That's worse than having your ex-wife keep your last name for 10 years after getting divorced. Been there. Yeah. <laughs> you too? Yeah, same. Yep. Mm-hmm. Does that make us yeah. Eskimo brothers? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, So, Steamboat was never known as a big guy, but this is before... Guys got really huge. Steamboat was fucking huge at this point compared to he other guys. He was He's fucking jacked. huge. He had such a good look, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I mean, he was, like, way bigger than Matt Bourne. He was way bigger than... T- well, I mean, at this point, we'd only seen Tito and uh, f- uh, fucking Sloppy Bunny Rose. Rose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So to start the match, Steamboat outworks Matt Bourne. Um, but Bourne catches him in an inverted atomic drop, and he drops his ass, like, Hits the atomic drop and just kind of drops him on his back. Yeah. And he takes control for a minute, but Steamboat takes control back and gets a headlock on him. And he gives him some punches. Mattborn goes down face first. And he looks like he hit his head. Did you see that? Yep. Yeah. He looked like it was like Hangman Page. I thought he was, I'm not sure he didn't hit his head and wasn't kind of fucking loopy for a minute. Yeah. He was probably loopy for a little bit. Yeah. A gorilla called it Excedrin Headache number five. And then Steamboat hits him on his external occipital protuberance. <laughs> um, and then he hits... Which is, <laughs> it on, really weird. It is on the back of your head. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. That's why it's occipital, I Gorilla assume. Nose. Yeah. Um, and then Steamboat hits a flying double punch, which was weird. I've never seen anyone do that. Like a double Superman punch type thing. Yeah, it was almost like to his throat. Yeah, to his throat, and he like crossed his fist over each other. Like right, a right. Referee throwing up an X, but he punched him. It seemed like right. even though he was more horizontal, I thought he got more air than you would in a Superman punch. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of cool, but it was weird. Um, and then he hits a crossbody off the top for the win. 
And um, there was a lot going on. It was another. So the time on this was four minutes and 39 seconds. So another just four slightly match. shorter. Yeah. Um, so we're about 10 minutes worth of matches so far into a three match show. Yeah, exactly. Right. It. Um, yeah, it was nothing special. It They did a lot in the amount of time they had. They went out there. It kind of reminded me of like a um, like a raw match where they send two people out to just kill some time. Yes. You know, yep. go out and just do some shit and they'll go out there and like pull out every move they have in a short amount of time. Yeah, you don't even get two segments. You're like basically between commercials. Right. You can't really tell much of a story because you don't have the time to do it. So just get your shit in. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, Matt Bourne would go on to eight years later wrestle at WrestleMania 9. That's right. Did we figure out he was not at 10? Uh, I don't think it was him under the doink paint at 10. Okay. Okay. But we, at this- 9, it was him as doink. Okay, this just came up recently because I was saying the only two who had been at 1 and 10 was him and Leilani Kai, and I think you said that it wasn't him at 10. I don't like, think it was him, dude. Yeah, okay. Because so, they went okay. through a few doinks, but it might... So was it Steve Kern at that point? It was somebody, but I don't think it was Matt I think Moore. it was Kern. Yeah, so it was yeah. Leilani Kai was the only one who was at 1 and 10. There you go. So back at the uh, entrance, Lord has the WrestleMania program. And yes, I was, like, I was showing the program. Him. I would love to have that. That's the kind of shit. Like I have all the old magazines. You yes. know what I mean? Like I would love to have the first issue, which I don't have. I think Snooka was on the cover. Um, I have, I do have the last issue that had the shield on the cover. Chris, I got it for me for my birthday because they cut my subscription off a month early and I never got it. Oh um, shit. And I had the programs. I think this year might've been the first year I didn't buy the program. I think I have the programs from all the WrestleManias I've been to. But oh, that'd wow. be really cool. Yeah, that'd be cool to have the first one. Oh, but that'd to, be amazing. But it's weird that he's holding it because if you're watching it, oh, I guess if they were selling it in their arenas on closed circuit, you could buy it. You could buy it at the arenas on closed circuit, yes. Okay, so then he's kind of holding it so you get a look at it. But I was like, is he holding it because this is his notes for what matches are coming up? <laughs> yep. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this part was great because um, Johnny Valiant and Beefcake, they come out and they walk right in front of him. They're like, fuck it. You fuck know, they it. just, yep. like, they clearly see him. Everybody else is walking behind him. They walk right in front of his ass. Cause fuck it. Like that had to be Johnny Valiant that thought that up. Cause it was and, funny because Matt Bourne had just finished his match. He and came back and back saw back. me. Uh, yeah. He saw Matt Bourne stand or uh, mean Gene standing there. And he went intentionally like behind him. Like he was going to walk in front. And he went behind and then fucking Valiant and Beefcake come through like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Walking in front of him. Yeah. And then they cut to an interview with David San Martino. And this is the first time that Lord points out that it's a pre-tape. So yes, I don't know correct, if someone yeah. caught that. I don't know if someone in the in the uh, truck caught that it was goofy. Yeah. Or what? Or he figured out that it was goofy. But this is the first time he points that out. And going forward, they make it clear most of the time anyway. That it's a pre-taped interview. Yeah. Um, and my only note for David San Martino's promo is David San Martino was a fucking dork. It, yeah, honestly, he did not stand a chance in the WWF. Yeah. You look at all of the... Because look, a guy that looks like David San Martino, you all know what a Vince guy is. Mm-hmm. It is not David San Martino. I don't give a fuck what his last name is. Right. A guy that looks like that, that's the same height standing up as he is laying down, he's not going to make it. <laughs> Even as a mid-card guy, didn't stand a chance because you look at the other top of the mid-card guys, Tito Santana... Ricky Steamboat, Junkyard Dog, David San Martino. Which one of these is not like the other? It just he did not have the look to make it at any tier of that level of WWF. 1985 WWF 
and moving forward was not David San Martino's forte, dude. He he was not going to fit into what Vince was looking for, ever. No, not at all. Not even fucking close. Never stood a chance, dude. Yeah, the, and the only reason he had that job was because that was Vince throwing Bruno a bone to get him to come back. You know, exactly, to, yes. To show up on occasion at the Garden or in Philly. Yes. You know, or, David or was Pittsburgh. the bait to get Bruno to come in and do tag matches with his kid. Yeah, right. That was it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, has there ever been someone who didn't live up to their... I mean, you can't live up to Bruno. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's going to be as good as Bruno. There's no way. You know what I mean? Still to this day, as great as a lot of people have been and drew more money, like no one's ever been the top guy for that long. I'm talking champ. Right. But... Right. I mean, David San Martino wouldn't even be... Santino could have been his dad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he wouldn't have even come close to that. Right. No, he never stood a chance, dude. Yeah. Absolutely never stood a chance. Yeah, and like you said, he had no charisma, dude. Like No. What are you going to do with this guy? Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't there long because Bruno didn't stick around long. It wasn't long before Bruno was like, fuck you. Right, right. Well, and and David San Martino ultimately did the same thing and basically just quit on the WWF. Right, right. Yeah. Um, So, Adam, you want to say what match it is? It is Brutus Beefcake with... Luscious Johnny Valiant versus David San Martino with Bruno. I don't get why Brutus made fart sounds instead of talking. By the way, <laughs> going back. Yeah. He did that? <coughs> That's hilarious. He did, yeah. yeah G- when they oh. were cutting their yeah, promo, Gene yeah. Gives him the microphone. So so I'm like, oh, what do you have to say? Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and That's then Valiant was like, "That's right. I get I mean, the. I get to say all these words for this man." I, mean, <laughs> I think that was just entrenching Valiant as the mouthpiece. Right. I'm, I'm right, sure there's yeah. like storyline that I just don't know of, but but yeah. like strippers don't talk. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you look at these two guys in the ring. And it's very clear, David San Martino <laughs> has no place in this day's WWF. Yeah, dude. right. They could have, they should have put him in the ring with Tito or somebody like that, or you know what I mean, or or, or like Haiti Kid or Execution. Yeah. <laughs> Yet he was awarded with the first music, or no, not music, but first featured entrance to the ring. They gave you right. gave it to yeah. this guy. Well, no, they gave it to Bruno. David was just with him. That's true. Yeah. 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 Bruno Um, got the grand entrance because honestly, as we talked about earlier, like 75% of this crowd was there to see Bruno. And then maybe like the other 25% was there to see Hogan. No, I totally disagree This was a Bruno crowd, dude. Really? I would say at best it was 50-50 for Bruno. I mean, everybody was into Hogan at this point. I mean, I think most people were there to see both of them. Yeah, I mean, Hogan and T definitely had their following, but this was still a Bruno crowd, I thought, dude. I yeah, thought this he, was still a Bruno crowd. I mean, I mean, it was definitely a Bruno. Well, okay, he probably got the biggest pop of the night. Yeah, um, but it was hard so. to say compared to Hogan's because Hogan had the music playing and everything. Right, right. It was um, hard to tell. Yeah, but I mean, the place went fucking bonkers when Bruno comes out. Yeah, um, exactly. This was, yeah. Uh, this was his home, dude, his house. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, 187 sellouts. Exactly. Um, exactly. So to get into the match, Brutus is stalling forever at the beginning of it. Brutus is just like, you, you couldn't take off a jacket more slowly than he is. That's good heel shit, dude. It was. It was good heel shit. And it also gave the announcers time to put over Bruno and ignore David. <laughs> exactly. Right. They're just, they're not even talking about, uh, uh, they're not talking about Brutus. They're not talking about David. They're just talking about Bruno. Um, Brutus was a great heel. Like I've only seen, you know, I mean, just 
basically like his matches that are on Pacock or his pay-per-views from back then when he was a heel, but he was really good. Yeah, he um, was. He d- they go to a lockup and Brutus just like backs out and struts away. Yes. And he gets, he gets a little bit of cheers because it's New York. Right. And uh, David pushes Brutus into the corner and he hits an arm drag and Brutus is pissed. Like, he's just like, what the fuck, dude? You know? <laughs> and um, they do a little bit of mat wrestling and Brutus is like, peace. He takes a powder. And he goes out there. <laughs> he goes out there with Johnny Valiant, and Johnny Valiant's yelling at the ref that David is lubed up. <laughs> <laughs> and Brutus is really working his ass off to make David San Martino look good. He is. Yeah. Now keep in mind, Brutus had only been in the Federation at this point. What three months? Maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, He's he'd brand wrestled new. Bef- brand new, but he had wrestled before this. But still, like to be able to develop your heel character to this point with mm-hmm. such a young career like he was a natural that's impressive he yeah i i mean i don't want to put him over as like this amazing i mean he was really really good and we've done an episode on him but man the job he did in this match to like you said not only put over david but to build his own character yeah man, kudos to beefcake in this one yeah and he wasn't doing anything that no one had ever seen before but he was doing it all really well he was doing it really well and on the grandest stage of them all exactly yeah um, David gets an arm bar on Brutus, but Brutus slams him. But David holds the arm bar and takes Brutus down yeah. with him, which I thought was pretty cool. That was a good move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Brutus is down in a leg lock and they put a graphic up right over his face saying who's on commentary, <laughs> which, which was brilliant. They couldn't have done it when he was standing. That's some 1985 shit, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, mercifully, Brutus turns the match around. Um, with a shot from that sequin glove to the eyes, and then he starts hitting big move, big move, big move, starts whipping David's ass. Yep. Um, then David turns it around and he heats the crowd up because uh, he starts working faster because to this point, he was just hold, hold, hold. He wasn't really doing... Other than that armbar thing, he didn't really do a lot that was very impressive. Right. Um, he ends up getting tossed out of the ring and luscious Johnny slams him, and here's where shit gets good. Now break it just down. breaks down. Yeah, it was kind of they were just killing time until we let until Bruno gets involved. Uh, Bruno comes over, hits Luscious Johnny from behind. He tosses him into the ring and he goes after him. And right away, he's in a sweater and he's on fucking fire, dude. Dude, looks like a dad on Thanksgiving Day, like in a sweater and slacks. Like he's ready to sit down and fucking chow down on some turkey. Like, yeah, Bruno had that dad look going on. Yeah, but his, da- his daughter's boyfriend got a little handsy with her. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and, and he had a few and Bruno had had a few drinks before yeah a few schlitz he's ready to whip some ass <laughs> um, a brawl breaks out and Bruno he kicks uh, Valiant into the corner and he gives him like he rears back and gives him this uppercut and oh my god dude he's hit him it looks so good and the replay you can see it was an open hand yeah um, but it looks so good and so stiff and Valiant goes over to the top rope the crowd goes banana I popped watching it Fucking Um, veteran shit right there, dude. Yeah, Bruno just looked good doing it, you know? And it was like, you're waiting for it to happen. It finally happens, and when he does it, he does it with such fire, you know? It was great. Dude, that that, that place was going to blow up. That crowd was so there to see Bruno get involved. Yeah, yeah. So it ends up being a double DQ. It was a boring first part of the match, but it was all just there to set up Bruno getting getting involved and Luscious Johnny getting his ass kicked, who was also a legendary guy. Oh, totally. Yeah. Seemed yeah. to be like an, I mean, it really seemed did. to be like an uppercut with an exaggerated fall that uh, got him out of the ring. And then he started punching yeah. the air. Shit. And it was so cool. <laughs> it was so cool to watch it that I actually put the pay-per-view on pause and I watched a couple of Bruno matches on YouTube. 
Oh, nice. Um, I actually watched him and Ernie Ladd from sometime in the 70s, which was a pretty cool match. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from this and watch some Bruno matches because, you know, it's I don't know. I love watching that really old shit from the 70s, 60s, 70s, any, even earlier than that if I can find stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it was yeah, it's it was stuff. great. Uh, time of the match was 11.43, so this is by far the longest match so far. Easily the longest match More than double. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. There we go. More than all the other matches combined, really. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, um, Gorilla says he... And oh, then sorry. it was kind of weird after this. Gorilla and Jesse are like recapping what's happened so far and previewing what's coming up next. But it goes on a long time, but not long enough for intermission. It was kind of weird, like a weird break. So I don't know if something was going on. Like, um, so Valentine and JYD are up next. I don't know if one of them wasn't fucking right. Well, I could imagine what JYD could have been held up doing. Um, <laughs> you know, or so, something was something was going on. It seemed like the commentators were killing time. Huh. Well, if we'd like to kill some time, uh-huh. in case you're wondering whatever happened to David San Martino. Oh, please. So I texted you about this earlier, Eddie, and you didn't know about it. And I didn't know about it either until like all I'm watching this match and I'm like, dude, whatever the fuck happened to David San Martino? Like I hadn't even thought about that guy in forever. You watched this earlier today? I watched this earlier in the week. Oh, okay. Okay. I watched an interview with David San Martino earlier today after having watched the match I'm about to talk about. So David San Martino has this match. It's a big deal. He doesn't lose, which is great. But apparently he kept getting promised push after push by Vince. And basically, he started to realize I'm only being brought in to bait my dad into matches. So fuck the WWF. I'm just going to quit. So how does he decide to quit? Does he go to Vince and does he say, hey, Vince, I'm not enjoying this anymore. I'm out. I'm going to go somewhere else, do something else with my life. Would you do that? Or he left Vince a note saying, sorry, Vince, I got to go take care of my horse. Vince, I just had to shell out $3 million for something I don't want to talk about. I need to go find another job. No, he didn't do that. He went into the ring with jobber Ron Shaw. Oh. (laughs) And basically threw the match. Unbeknownst to anybody on commentary, in the back, the only other person that knew this was Ron Shaw. They had like a, I don't know, like an eight minute match. I think this is in the spectrum. And you're thinking, okay, this is like a top of the card or like not a bottom of the card match. It's kind of leading off. David San Martino, easy win. He's beat this jobber on TV, numerous house shows across the circuit. He's just going to whip this guy's ass. Dude, it's like a 10 minute match. And Ron Shaw body slams him like seven times during this match. (laughs) Throws him into the ropes and gets him in a bear hug. David San Martino immediately submits. Is this Man. on TV? Is there, is, is there... You can find it on YouTube. Just type in David San Martino, Ron Shaw. I got to watch this. That's fucking incredible. Is this an episode? It's a boring ass match. <laughs> well, no, I don't think so. I think it's just, it, it's a throwaway mention during the WrestleMania one episode because <laughs> I mean, it's David San Martino, but essentially right. he goes to Ron Shaw before the match and is like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And Ron Shaw's like, dude, really? And he's like, yeah, fuck this place. I don't want to be here anymore. And he goes out, if you're watching the YouTube video, one minute and 10 seconds in, they've got a camera on David San Martino in the corner, and he's got this hooded sweatshirt on. He takes off the hood, and he's, you know, they announce his name, and he looks at the camera with this shit-eating grin like, 
hey guys, watch what I'm about to do. <laughs> and like 10 minutes into the match, he submits to a bear hug by this jobber, dude. And fucking, that's it for David San Martino. That was the end of it. And so I was watching his interview today and he was like, I was tired of getting lied to and I wasn't getting the push I felt I deserved. So fuck it. I wrestled Ron Shaw all over the place, TV, the circuit, the house show circuit, everything. I'm just going to give the guy a win. And that was that for David San Martino in the WWF. He left, he went to the AWA, he came back for a cup of coffee, and by 88 was essentially done. Wait, I'm surprised he wasn't AWA longer because you didn't need charisma there. Right. <laughs> well, Greg Gagne wrestled there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was the owner's son. That's the other, that's got to be the number two guy who didn't live up to his dad. Uh, his Yo, dad's good point. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, good point. Oh, man, that's the funniest story I've ever fucking heard. That's way funnier than the, um, I have to go take care of my horse, which <laughs> which that's how Terry Funk quit. Oh, I have yeah. no idea. Like, I didn't just that's make great. that up. Yeah, that's that's like when Gail Kim just took a dive in that battle royal. Oh, that was fantastic. But way, way funnier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, there you go. They should have pushed uh, Ron Shaw after that. Well, that's what people were saying in the YouTube comments was like, man, this was actually a good match. Like he worked over a body part. He got, you know, the back by body slamming him like seven times, got the <laughs> win with a bear hug. That makes sense. Like, yeah, give this guy a push. But look, the guy was balding. He was probably in his late 30s, early 40s, like not in the best of shape. He was not getting a push anywhere right, out of this, right. dude. Like, it was not going to happen. This was this was basically San Martino's song song. He was like, I'm out. Fuck it. Right, yeah. yeah. That's, wow, that's really something. I'm looking up a picture of Ron Shaw right now. Yeah, Because uh, I don't remember. You, uh, yeah, the okay. match is like 10, yeah. 12 minutes on YouTube. It's dude, worth a watch. He, I don't think he was 30 or 40. He might have been like, unless he's like Baron Von Raschke, where he's like 20, he looks 20 years older than he is. Yeah, the guy's been 80 for or he, like Or he looks years. exactly my age, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> that was how long ago? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, now right. I felt like we've done a David San Martino episode. Let's get on to the next match. Okay. Oh, by the okay. way, really quick, Gorilla, uh, for that previous one, Gorilla says he's so excited for this match. It's full of electricity. You can touch it and cut it. I don't think Eddie would approve of that. Okay, the next match. I've cut electricity. <laughs> you can cut it with a knife. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, the next match is for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. Greg the Hammer Valentine is the champion with Jimmy Hart versus the Junkyard Dog. And before the match, Valentine Valentine is cutting a promo on Dog, and he is on fire to the point I'm surprised he didn't cut one of his racist promos on Dog. Yeah, yeah. Which, exactly. which, which if you want to see, uh, go on YouTube and look up Greg the Racist Valentine. <laughs> and then that's um, a thing. Yeah, and then Junkyard Dog talks about bones. Because maybe he actually thinks he's a dog. I don't know. <laughs> first title match in WrestleMania history. That's true. And yeah. JYD yeah. is the first uh, entrance with music. Yes, sir. Grab them cakes. Ow. And you could see the crowd is into it. You could see them like banging their fists to it, you know? Okay, but was that this song? I don't know well, that Grab Them Cakes was out yet at WrestleMania 1. It did sound kind of weird, it's, but they must have played some song that was like on the, that had the same beats per minute because they were, you know what I mean? Or maybe I, it was just, I thought I was able to I just hear happened it. To see the, I, 
but you could uh, hear it, but it did sound kind of weird. Like it did sound like it could have possibly been edited in later. So okay, so I remember Junkyard Dog having another one bites the dust. He did have that, but so that song was five years old at this point. But I don't know that that wasn't his entrance music at one. I don't know that hmm. Grab Them Cakes was out yet, dude. Because Pile Driver was what eighty seven. Well, what kind of drunk historian does a show where you ask questions instead of fucking answering them? How would I know the answer though? Because I don't have the original copy of WrestleMania to go Google back it. and listen. Google when did he start using that song? No, nobody wants to Google shit, dude. We no, just, why would who would want yeah. to do that? No, <laughs> it was one of two songs. It was Grab Them Cakes, but they always dub in music. I'm gonna go with it was another one bites the dust at WrestleMania one. That is my okay. that's my final answer. Adam looks like he's typing. Okay. Anyway, huge pop for dog. Just trying to look, uh, oh, dude, trying the to crowd look up, fucking... it's not important. Okay. Who would have been like one of, of the, important? I mean, he's one of the top two or three baby faces in the company at this point. So the place goes fucking interrupts. 100%. Dog they was popular it. wherever he went. I love the junkyard dog. I always wanted to see him win one of those secondary titles in the WWF. Mm-hmm. Me too. And unfortunately, it never happened. I wish it would have happened here. Uh, was not meant to be. But man, fucking love JYD, dude. Yeah, well, I think he didn't win it because this is when he was in his lazy days, you know, because he was notorious for becoming kind of put on some weight, got lazy, wasn't really, you know, doing his best work. Well, you're kind and, of defining his WWF run well, <laughs> altogether. Yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. At this point, yeah. he hadn't been there very long, but I, I think he got up there and was like, fuck it, I'm making money, brother. He's <laughs> making money, dude. Yeah, he yeah. worked hard in Mid-South to get to that point and is like, fuck it, I'm getting paid whether I win or lose. Kind of like me at work now. I worked hard enough, long enough. <laughs> I've paid my dues. Just pay me now. Yeah, right. I'm halfway through my career at this point. It's time for me to slow down to watch you young people work. Right, right. Them young folks. Uh, Jesse says uh, JYD is shucking and jiving, which probably uh, wouldn't go over well now. Uh, would not. No. Yeah. Uh, also, the IC belt is the governor. Yeah, it was an ugly, ugly green, too. Ugly like, not green. Not even a nice belt. green. Yeah. No. Yeah, it was horrible bad. green. Yeah. Um, <sighs> there wasn't a whole lot to this match. It was just like several of these matches. Oh, did I give the time on the last match? I think I did. Uh, 11.43. Yeah. Yes, you did. Um, well, this match, I'll give you the time right up front. 6.55. So another short one. Um, not a whole lot really happened. They kind of just beat on each other back and forth a little bit. It was more Valentine working than Dog was selling through most of the match. Yeah, Valentine um, was working the legs to try to set up the four. The, the yeah, four. which is your typical Valentine match. Right, right. Um, Dog makes a comeback toward the end. Jimmy Hart gets up on the apron. Dog grabs him, and then Hammer comes to hit Dog from behind, hits Jimmy. Did you notice the way Jimmy Hart fell? Fuck, dude. Flat. Right on his back on the concrete. Flat. You couldn't fell wor- fall. Wor- I watched it about five or six times, dude. I kept rewinding it. He came, like, I think his feet were going to come off the apron. He was going to land on his feet and go down the way you normally would. His feet hung up on something on that apron, but his ass went out, so his yep. center of gravity went back. So he went down ass first with his feet above him. Yep. And then he started to rotate backwards. I don't know if he came down on his head, but he would have landed like on his upper back, like his shoulder blades, and definitely would have hit his head. And he was holding his head when they cut when he when they cut to him on the floor, he was already on the floor. And he was holding his head. And I'm sure he fucking he might have busted his head open, you know. Good thing that was his last match of the night, dude, because I'm sure he was fucked up. Yeah, and I I could have looked it up, but I didn't I didn't like or look up 
Jimmy Hart talking about that match or something, but he took the worst, one of the worst bumps I've ever seen in my life. And this is before they had the mats. This was yeah. a concrete floor. Concrete floor. So he floor, landed dude. right on the concrete floor of Madison Square yep. Garden, yep. smacked his head on it. He was fucked up. That guy had to be hurt. Oh, fucked him right up, dude. And that was towards the end of the match, too, thankfully, so he didn't have to do too much. But yeah. Holy shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so dog punches Greg Valentine into the corner, takes an eye rake from him and a jackknife pin. Valentine's got his feet on the ropes. One, two, three. Um, Tito comes out in protests and he's already in his casual wear. He's already in his casual. Yeah, he already took a shower. He's ready to fucking hit the. Cl- he's waiting for the after party to start. Yeah. He's going to Studio Fifty Four. I was just going to say that <laughs> Studio Fifty Four still open. <laughs> um, and the referee agrees with him, which is exactly what we've been told all these years is not something that happens. The referee's decision is final. Right, But right. You Except know, in this match. The referee can't call something he doesn't see. You always are told that. But nope, in this match, he's like, oh, T- well, if Tito said it. It's, it's got to be, be right. Yep. Yeah. So the ref starts camp- counting Hammer out. Hammer won't get back in. Hammer's pissed. At this point, I realized Greg the Hammer might have the smallest mouth I've ever seen on a person. Hmm. Like He looks like that dude from Dick Tracy. Um, it's like a, just a little <laughs> circular hole. All right. Yeah, I know how weird that sounds to have noticed, but these are the things I notice when I watch the pay-per-views. Um, it was a weird finish, but the finish was about Tito and Valentine because Greg the yes. Hammer was acting like he was going to get back in and go after Tito, and he never did, but that's what it was setting up. It was setting up a few between the two of them. Yep, and as yeah. mentioned earlier, so, three months later, Tito wins the title. Yep, exactly, Jay- which would have been at like King of the Ring. If it had been a few years later, yeah. they had, you yep. know, they had more pay-per-views. Yeah, exactly. Yep. JYD celebrates mm-hmm. the win, but not the title, not getting the title. Yeah. Yep. Which yeah. became the story of JYD's WWF career, unfortunately. <laughs> His short career. Yep. Well, I guess he was there four years. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds about right. It wasn't that short. The next know. match is for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik with Freddie Blassie versus Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, the champions with Lou Albano. And we get a stellar, stellar promo from Sheik before the match. Oh, yeah. They're they're (laughs) backstage with Gene Mean. Gene Gene Mean. Mean. Yep. And Blassie phoned it right in. Blassie was like, fuck it, dude. I'm only here another fucking few months. I don't care. Yeah. Like, he, he barely even... For a guy who, like... You know what I mean? Talked a lot of people into buildings over his career. Like, the dude barely said anything and barely seemed to care. And then Albano was kind of the same way. First of all, I'm pretty sure Albano was drinking a can of Oli. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that? I didn't even see him drinking anything. He had a can. He had a can in his hand. And I was like, you can't see the label. It was gold. It was a gold can. Unless there's some gold can of soda from the 80s that I'm not aware of. But it was a gold can. And I was like... Okay, it's a beer. Albano was like a notorious drunk, so I'm gonna just assume it was a beer. But he's holding a can in his hand during the fucking interview. Oh, that's and I, awesome! And I was trying I to think if it was Miller what, High Life. It could have been. Wasn't High Life kind of a later beer? Didn't did High was there not High Life back then? I thought that was around in the mid '80s. Maybe it was, and I just wasn't aware of it. Okay, um, yeah, I wasn't drinking a lot of beer in '85. No, me either. I was only six, right? Seven, six or seven. Yeah, I was like eleven. Um, I still had a few years. But an Olympia Gold can, it looked like it. I goog- I started Googling okay. gold beer cans and it looked like an Olympia Gold can. He was holding it to where like the back was facing forward, but he was definitely, <laughs> he was drinking. I'm just going to assume it was Olympia. That's awesome. 
And yeah, we get our hilarious. second musical entrance of the night as well. U.S. Express. Yeah. Also, Albano phoned his promo in too. He was like, oh, we're going to try real hard. Uh, we hope we win. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> well, he was newly faced. Like, he was still learning to cut a face promo. Yeah, he didn't know how to do it at all. No, he was lost. Yeah, like he'd never heard one before. Uh, U.S. Express music. Uh, born in the USA? It was not on Pecock, but I think that... Well, didn't they have... Um, Real American first, or was that um, they did? But I think that was Hogan's by WrestleMania. But at this point, it was yeah. I think it was born in the USA at this point. See, that's where I get a little lost because US Express did use Real American, and mm-hmm. Hogan used Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, and but, he was using. No, I think he was using Eye of the Tiger at this point. Hogan. Okay, so at one, it would have been Real American for the US Express. I think it was. And Eye of the Tiger for Hogan. I think it and was. And then at some point that flipped. Yeah. Where the U.S. Express got born in the USA, which made way more sense, actually. And yeah. then Hogan got Real American. I should have gone in my attic and gotten my VHSs out. Dude, yeah, that would have been and, great and because then we would like have thrift known, store, like, Gone to a thrift store and bought a VCR. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, who has that anymore? And figured out a way to hook uh, like that old thing. You know, I don't have the The, the three screw. plugs. No, the screws on the back of the TV, you know, that you use with a butter knife. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, my TV doesn't have that. It doesn't have RCA cables either, so I would have had to figure (laughs) some way to connect a VCR to my TV. Fuck. (laughs) I'm sure there's an adapter you can buy, an HDMI adapter. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Um, This crowd hates Sheik and Nikolai. Oh, my God, dude. Let's hear it for the foreign heels. Yeah, the booing was as loud as the pop for Bruno. Volkov uh, sings uh, Russian or... Sings uh, national anthem. There are th- Soviet, Soviet national, national anthem. anthem. Apologies, and the long version. And he, everyone's thrown shit into the ring. Also, yes. also still backstage. Uh, uh, Gene's like, so excuse me, commie. I mean, comrade Volkov. Yeah, comrade. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch yeah. that. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when and when uh, Nikolai sings the national anthem, that Madison Square Garden microphone. I don't think we mentioned this yet. It's that old school Madison Square Garden microphone that drops down from the ceiling. It drops down, yeah. And it's the big MSG logo. That thing is right in front of his fucking face. Yep. And that's another one of those things where this is the this is 1985. These people weren't even TV trained. Exactly. You know, like they didn't know how to work to the cameras and nobody, nobody had even thought of it. You know, that was some right. shit. And that was when Ebersol came in where it was like, let's work toward the cameras the way you do on like a three camera shoot because wrestling is basically a three camera shoot with an extra hard camera you know with an extra center camera um, the way it's formatted uh, you know in the ring and um, Ebersol was the guy who was kind of like well we're already doing that now let's tweak it a little bit and get shit like like on you know um, Perfect Strangers you don't have your back to the camera right back then you had a lot of that because guys weren't thinking about it that way and Vince wasn't thinking about it that way that's when when we did that um, one episode I talked about the influence Ebersol had on the company. And that was part of it. If, ever, if a year later, this would not have happened. You wouldn't have had a guy singing the national anthem with a microphone covering his entire face. And not only that, but to your point, Eddie, like how different would the main event have looked? Because with Muhammad Ali getting involved with his back constantly towards the camera, weird camera shots. Like I think the, the main event of one would have looked a lot different had Ebersol been involved before that. Cause it, it looked a little looked- choppy at times. It was weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of things would have looked different on the show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah. you're right. This is that early before all of that polish came on. This is what we got. So you got Nikolai's face covered up by a mic. Yeah. Um, how can Russia and Iran both be number one? 
<laughs> We'd have to ask Sheik and Volkov. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, so U.S. Express come out after the... Uh, uh, at uh, the U.N. and it was, it, it was a tie. Was a tie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys were the two delegates to the UN from their countries. <laughs> yeah. Um, Albano finished that beer because he doesn't have it anymore when US Express comes out. He's like, hey, quick chug that before you get to the ring. Yeah. Uh, Rotunda fuck sheet up, sheet up right away, goes straight into a side headlock. He tags Windeman, who hits a forearm off the top, and he goes into a side headlock and gets back up. And then Nikolai grabs him. He, he ends up in the corner. Um, Nikolai grabs him. Sheik goes to hit Wyndham with a drop kick, and Wyndham moves, drop kicks Nikolai right off the uh, apron. And in the replay, you can see that Sheik really stuck his ass. He did, dude. Was, he did. Like, like Nikolai might have been legit pissed. Yeah, right, right. He, yeah, he nailed his ass. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, they do the spot where Nikolai gets in. He smashes uh, Rotondo's face into Sheik's boot, which I always loved. That was great. Gorilla hated those boots. I love those boots. Yeah, Kofi or uh, Xavier loves those boots too. That's true. Yeah, he does. Um, Sheik does a killer gut wrench suplex. I think on Rotundo, and I thought, why don't you see that move anymore? That's a great move. Yeah, Sheik was the he, original suplex machine. He really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he took him to Suplex City, bitch. He did. <laughs> and then at this point, I notice I think someone's in a hold. I think Sheik might be in a hold. The crowd is dark. And, you know, you can't see it. It's just, so it's like the upper part of the screen is just negative space. It's black. And someone's out there selling cotton candy. And I'm totally distracted by it. And I think I miss most of the match because I'm just distracted by this <laughs> goddamn cotton candy. I'm looking at him like, cotton candy sounds good. And, and it's like, I wouldn't know if, if the crowd was lit, I probably wouldn't have even noticed it. But it's like the brightest thing in that area. So it's the only thing you can see on that part of this, like the upper two thirds of the screen is all black. With cotton candy moving around the background. And now Eddie wants snacks. And now I want snacks. Yeah, well, I'm, gonna, I'm about to heat that pop of Murphy's up as soon as we're done with this. <laughs> nice. Um, Sheik puts, I think, Wyndham in an abdominal stretch. And people start throwing shit at this point. Like, just a little bit. But you don't, you didn't, that was never really a big thing, even back in the day, you know? Right. To see no, that they just hated Sheik and Volkov so they, fucking much, dude. They really fucking did. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, at this point, there were still people in the crowd who thought the shit was real. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like it was two- still real at this point. Yeah. Even the ones who were like, okay, I know, like, the matches are... Pr- Hold on. I unplugged my headphones. Son of a bitch. It's not like Son we've been doing bitch. this for three years. I just hit the cord with my hand. Um, even the people who were like... What? Jesus. I know. I know. How long have we been doing this show? I know. And it, it took me till episode 122 to accidentally unplug my headphones. It's a good run. I've done everything at this point. I spilled pee bags. I fucking <laughs> spilled beer on the recorder and had to replace it. I figured out something new to screw the show up. Shown us, shown us your dick. Well done, lad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, let's get to the finish. Uh, I don't even remember what happened. Um, she hits uh, Barry Wyndham with Lassie's cane. Destroys oh, yeah. him. He did. The referee's pushing Rotundo out of the ring. Rotundo gets out at the wrong corner. Yep. Which was weird. And the Rotundo just watches him pin him and he starts yeah. to climb in on the three. He's like, oh, yeah. this might be the end of it. And yeah, he just when he meets the pin. That's it. Title yeah. change. And, and I think on the on the A&E, on the biography, I think it was David Wolf said that um, Sheik told him that he was so excited about the show that he swung that cane so hard he legit broke it over Wyndham. 
and they uh, showed the replay. Like yeah, he did um, in the replay. They showed it in slow motion on there. You could see that he broke it. He did and break the, it, and the announcers didn't call attention to it. So I don't think it was a gimmicked cane. I think he legit fucking broke it over him. Yeah, like on his fucking neck, dude. The back of his neck. Yeah, just snapped that shit, dude. How good was Barry Windham? Barry Windham was fantastic, especially for his so, size for being yes. that big. So underrated, yeah. dude. I can yeah. see why Vince was high on him. And I wonder if that's one of Vince's regrets. Like, I should have not let Wyndham get away. Because Wyndham really didn't come back to the WWF until, like, 96 as the stalker. So, really, no, his prime no, no, years no. were gone. No, he came back as the Widowmaker for a minute. Okay, when was that? Late 80s or early 90s. Okay, but that was short-lived, right? And then he was, yeah, was right back in NWA? I mean, it was about as short-lived as the stalker. Okay, well, you know, you're given a second chance of somebody like Wyndham and you fuck him up with a gimmick like the Widowmaker. The Widowmaker, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's just dumb, dude. It's yeah. I think that's one of Vince's biggest losses. Barry Wyndham was so great. He really so was. So underrated, dude. Like, not a lot of people have him in their top 10 or on their Mount Rushmores, but that guy was amazing. Yeah, he reminds me of Billy Gunn. Okay. You know, looking at the, his size and the way he could move. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, yeah, I can see that. Fucking, yeah. He was a big fucking guy, but he was athletic. Like, you don't... You don't get a lot of guys like that. Yeah, and good um, charisma too. And charisma too. Yeah, I mean that's what he reminds me. Like I don't like he would have never been the top guy in WWE. I don't think. No, definitely not, not. Especially not with Hogan there. But I mean, not same with, with Billy, Hogan there. But same with Billy Gunn. He was never going to be the top guy, but he made a lot of fucking money. Yeah, and Barry Windham, I think, would have been a solid uh, mid card champion. He totally. would have been absolutely a solid tag team champion, no matter who you put him with. Yeah, he could have been yeah. the original ass man. Uh, very true. Very true. And uh, spoiler alert. U.S. Express would regain the tag team titles just a few short months later. That's true. And then they lost them to the, not the Bulldogs. Be- Beefcake and Valentine. Beefcake and Valentine, who who lost them to the Bulldogs at two. Yeah, they used a yeah. uh, cigar on, I believe, Rotundo and got the win that way. Hmm. Yep, so U.S. Express, two-time tag team champions. I know a certain president who used a cigar on someone once. I don't want to talk about that. We don't want to discuss that right now. Mm-mm. I tried looking up uh, how you say suplex city bitch in Persian, but apparently there's no translation for it. Uh, you could just say know. suplex city jabroni. That's true. That's true. <laughs> how do you say how do you say jabroni in Persian? With with <laughs> practice. All right. The next right, the next match is the fifteen thousand dollars slam match. Big. J- Big John Stud with Bobby the Brain Heenan versus Andre the Giant. Here are the wagers. And he uh Stud wagers $15,000 saying that Andre can't slam him. If Andre loses the match, he must retire. And uh Heenan's in the back with Stud and Mean Gene and the only person that Heenan was better with or not better he the best person to pair him up with is Gorilla. Number For two sure. was Mean Gene. Yes. He and Mean Gene t- together were fucking gold. Absolutely, they were so good, and they're just like Brain he's was cutting Mean so Gene off, and when he noticed, yeah, yeah. And he's got that old school WWE duffel bag, that, like that little, it's like a little gym bag, and it's full of like the money's all crumbled up, like it looks like yeah. a strip, it looks like a stripper's purse, like <laughs> you know what I mean, like when they crawl, when they like not crawl, but yes. Like, like scoop up all the cash off the stage and toss yes. it in their purse. It looked like it that. Up. Yeah. I mean, Gene's trying to take it and Heenan keeps on him to stop. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Fucking Heenan and mean Gene and fuck it. Gorilla Monsoon national treasures, dude. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, when they come to the ring, Heenan's in a different suit. Yep. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Yeah. He was in that, a black that, suit. He was in like a brown one backstage. A good. A oh, good oh, that was one. way earlier recorded. Well, apparently it was way earlier, but like they didn't make it. I don't know. I was like, what was it? The fucking day before? You know. Oh, maybe. I don't he know was the when only they one. It. He was the only one that came out in a different in different clothes. Everybody else was wearing the same clothes. Okay. Well, look, he was dressed up weird. for the occasion. He really he did. Well, yeah, wise. he was like sparkly. Yeah. Um, Stud's robe. I never caught this until today, and don't even ask me how I fucking caught it today. He looked like the Queen of Hearts from um, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland with like That's the red. Funny. He was like the red with the black triangles on it. That's hella funny, dude. Yeah, I don't even know why that made. I thought of that, but I, I don't know. I came. I just realized that today. <laughs> it was really bizarre. Oh, um, if I forgot to mention, uh, the time in the last match was six fifty-five. Okay, another short okay. one. It was it was two matches in a row that were six fifty-five, which is odd. Weird. Yeah, the one before that was 655 as well. Um, Stud jumps the bell and he beats Andre down in the corner. And Andre chops the shit out of him. He does, dude. And I always heard that these guys legit didn't like each other. And I've also heard a million times that Andre will go, will be rough with the guy who he doesn't like. So I don't know if just... Two factors against Andre's him. that good at making a chop look good. Or if Andre was legit chopping the shit out of him. He leaned into it. Fuck him. Yeah. I mean, a chop is one of those moves. Like, you can't really injure a guy with it. So do it hard and make it look good. Right. Um, I think Andre was doing that. And uh, Stud takes a powder. He's like, oh, fuck this. Like, he goes yeah. right out of that <laughs> ring. Yeah. Um, And then um, he gets back in. Andre starts strangling Stud in the corner. And the referee is nicely asking him to stop. Yeah. It's like, Please. He's like, eh, I don't really, I don't want to be too fucking demanding with this giant. <laughs> if you don't mind. Yeah, and Jesse and Brain are both pissed. <laughs> and the match is mostly, it's exactly what you expect. It's mostly Andre hitting stud and headlocks yeah. and shit. Eventually, Andre just slams him. Like, nothing leads up to anything. No one sets anything up. Andre Those kicks are hard of, to watch, though, dude. The What, what are? Those, the kicks. Oh, the kicks to the leg. Yeah, he's doing yeah. like that. Yeah, he's kicking him in the leg, which I was like. I guess kicking him in the leg makes sense because Stud's got to slam Andre. So, or just Stud. Wait, did Stud have to slam Andre? No, Andre had to slam Stud. Then the kicks make no sense. Um, it, it, and they look yeah, I'm, I mean, if he was like kicking him in the back, like like trying to soften him up so he could just scoop him, like okay, but the kicks weren't even making it really past like Stud's thigh. Yeah. And it just yeah. it, it it didn't look great. Like I'm sure in Andre's mind, he's like, okay, I'm gonna get this next kick around his back. And it wasn't even coming close, dude. No, no, no. They were barely above his knee. Yeah, he would have barely kicked David San Martino in the back. Yeah. <laughs> so he slams him. He wins. And it was very one-sided. Like, it was all... It was oh, so... Yeah. It was so one-sided, I looked up how much longer Stud was there. Because I didn't really remember. Because I was like, this seems like Stud's last match. He was there for um, a little bit longer. Well, he was there for the next year because he was in the Battle Royal, too. And That's right. He, and he feuded off and on with Andre over the next year. So this wasn't even the end of this feud. And he and um, Stud, or he and Bundy, I want to say, faced the Bulldogs at certain points, too, for their tag team titles. I think they did. So that would have been after WrestleMania, too. I think they might have gotten involved with the Machines, too. You're correct. Yeah. Um, And then Andre grabs the money, and he starts, like, tossing it to the fans, but Heenan fucking comes behind him and swoops up on it. So great. And runs out. And in the A&E, in the biography, Stephanie made it like that was a fucking shoot. Like she was kayfaving the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah, nobody knew Heenan was going to do that. And she came backstage. He came backstage and Vince was like, what did you do that for? I forget exactly what she said, but she made it out like that wasn't, you know what I mean? Like 
she kayfabe that whole bit. Okay, so it, that really was supposed to happen then. I mean, Raheenan I'm sure he the money back and yeah, I'm sure. Oh wait, no, you know what? I might be wrong. Maybe he was mad at Vin. Maybe he was mad at Andre for tossing them. I'm a little drunk. I think he was actually like, "Why did you actually throw the money out, Andre? That's company money." Oh, got it. Okay, so she he was, was protecting make, company assets. She was making it out like Andre went into business for himself, tossing the money, and Heenan saved the money, like legit saved the money for, got it. for okay. Vince. That's what it was. I got it mixed up. Yeah, she made it out like that. Like Andre wasn't supposed to do that, and Heenan knew that, so he ran and grabbed it. Fuck, that's awesome, dude. I fucking love Heenan so much. Like That yeah, makes me love him even more. Yeah, I mean, I hope that story's true. That sounds so good. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, backstage, Lord Alfred Hayes is kissed by Moolah and Leilani Kai on the way to the... And he does not seem to like that kiss from Moolah. Because, you know, his heart belongs to Susan. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> nice callback, dude. Nice callback. Thank you. Thank you. That is... Also, we don't know what Moolah left on him. Oh no, I'm I'm sure all kinds of things that he had to go get some couple a couple shots for. A few shots, right? Yeah. Creams and whatnot. Right. I, I hear there's a lotion for that. The next match is for the <laughs> WWF Ladies Championship. Is that what it was really called, or was it really women's and they just called it ladies? It was called the Ladies it, Championship, it I think. Okay. And they used to call them girl matches before like maybe a little before this, they used to call them girl matches. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Leilani Kai is the champion with the fabulous Moolah versus Wendy Richter with Becky Lynch. I mean, Cindy Lauper. <laughs> uh, also, little known fact Leilani Kai is Dakota's grandmother. No. Dakota. <laughs> oh my God. Never dawned on me. That's not true. No, it's not true. Okay. You I was son like, of That's a bitch. A- I was like, I hope it. I was like, I hope it's true. But did she actually take that name, Kai? Because, because, well, because you know, um, uh, Dakota Kai is Samoan and Leilani Kai is Hawaiian, so it's not. I mean, that was uh, that you was would great. Think. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that wasn't out of the question. Got people thinking for a minute. Yeah, I keep saying um, you need what, to like do a, an improv drop in with me at some point. Uh, <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, Cindy Lauper was so perfect for wrestling. Hundred percent, dude. Like, yes. dude. On, like, I mean, I guess she's still like. I mean, she still tours and everything. She has. She's had a great career. But if, like, say her career just like dried up, she would have been a perfect match to just stay with being WWE full time. She was just like her look. She looked, especially for the time for the eighties. She was so outrageous looking. Yes. And anyone who's never seen this show, if you're too young to have seen this or to be really familiar with Cindy Lauper. If you saw the picture of Becky as Cindy Lauper, Becky looked exactly like fucking Cindy Lauper. Totally. Yeah. I mean, she just looked so flashy and flamboyant and ridiculously 80s with the orange hair and the blue makeup. And she could cut a fucking promo. She could actually talk. Like she was really yep. just a natural for wrestling. Like she made it was like it was a whole just like freak thing where Lou Albano met her. I think it was on a flight. But if they were to go out and look for some pop star, she would have been exactly the one to get. Totally. You know, and she it was fit all just, in so perfectly. She was perfect and she was great. And yeah, even in the interview, she was fucking awesome. Like she cut her little promo backstage and I was like, uh, I, I wrote it. You better watch out because these are powerful words because this is a powerful woman and I'm a powerful manager because I was taught by Lou Albano how to manage. 
And I was like, yeah, like I Perfect. was ready for the match. I was fired up. She was so, it. she was so cool. She was yep. kind of like, and she was right before Madonna, you know, right before Madonna blew up. Um, she was kind of like, almost like the original Madonna. And of course, Madonna ended up being way, way bigger than anyone ever. But it was just so cool. I just, I loved it. When she walked in and did a better promo than Matt Bourne, a better promo yes. than David San Martino, Ricky Steamboat, the executioner. executioner. Like you can just go down the list. Like she was the best promo of the night. She probably was, besides Hogan, yeah. Yeah, besides Hogan, probably the best promo. Because even Blassie just fucking, you know, shit out of promo. It in. And, yep. and Albano was drunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know what the Sheik was talking about, but it was cool. Yeah, and speaking of promos, Moolah's promo wasn't great either, because all she did was put over her glasses and her jeweler who made them. Exactly, right. She didn't even talk about right. Leilani Kai. Had nothing to say about Leilani Kai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dakota's grandmother's standing there like she's nothing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so getting the match, um, they play some weird music now, but they came out to girls just want to have fun. Yes. And I'm watching this and I'm like, this is especially Wendy Richter's gear. This is the most 80s thing in history. 100%. Like, 100%. You got Cindy Lauper, you got Wendy Richter with the giant hair and she's wearing. So back then, most of the chicks would wrestle in like a bathing suit. It seems and like a bathing it, yeah. suit was like was like teal with like the little squiggly black lines on it, which was yes. as ne 80s as anything. Neon colors just have some some kind of accent like that. Yeah. And the matching fantastic. eyeshadow. Matching eyeshadow. Yeah. Um, the match takes a long ass time to start. I don't really know why other than just to get the commentators time to hype it up. They were trying to get their ex or I guess Leilani Kai had a bunch of accessories on. She needed time to get all of those off. Yeah. Okay. I saw her in the corner the yeah. whole time, but I wasn't really, I couldn't really tell she, yeah. she was doing. Also, uh, um, you, you mentioned about like hard cameras and stuff. Leilani Kai had her back to the camera. Uh, during the intro, so to your point, they still don't know. They still yeah. don't know how to play to it. But I mean, shit still, that needed to work yeah. on. Yep. I mean, you can't fault yeah. her for that. It's just pointing out. Yeah. So when we do WrestleMania two, we should see how much. I know that changed a lot because Saturday Night's main event started, and like I said, Eversol shows up and things yep. start to change. Um, I actually put on the first Saturday Night's main event after this to look at just how the show looked different, and the crowd was lit up much better. Um, they still didn't have the ring mats or the, you know, the, uh, mats at ringside. I don't know when those showed up, but they had to be not too long after, but yeah, it just immediately started to look different on TV and that turned into this, the weekend morning shows started yep. to look more like that. Yep. Um, by WrestleMania two, it looked different, but yeah, I want to, we'll do that episode. I don't know. Eventually. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Do they work toward the camera? I wonder when they started doing that. I don't really know. But anyway, so uh, they start out with a back and forth thing. Are you guys frozen? No. Oh, no, you're no. both just really still. Okay. Uh, they start with the back and forth thing with counters back and forth. You know, one goes for a move, the other one counters. Kind of like what you see a lot of today at the beginning of every AEW or indie match. Um, Leilani eventually takes control with a couple snapmares. And uh, she's great. She's got Wendy Richter in a wrist lock, and she takes her down by her hair with with her back facing to the referee so the referee can't see her doing it it's good heel shit yeah good heel shit um wendy gets on her back with a leg scissor so it would be like in ufc it'd be like the mounted position where she's on her back leilani's on top of her i think that's what it's called in ufc but <sighs> wendy's got like a leg scissors on her leilani kai picked her up off the mat by her hair fuck and I mean, Wendy Richter's obviously holding on to her hand. She's not legit lifting up by her hair, but she was strong. I mean, she bent down yeah, and picked yeah. her right up off the mat and um, slammed her. It looks good. And, 
Yeah. Um, then you get Wendy makes a comeback, but Leilani ends up backing up to Mula with Wendy. Pu- uh, she ends up pushing Wendy into the corner and Mula grabs Wendy and starts to go to work on her. And here comes Sydney Lopper. She hits her with the towel and tries to break it up. You know, yeah. and then there you got a brawl outside, which is exactly what everyone wanted to see. The place goes berserk. Yeah, this is almost like the Bruno match from earlier, or the exactly. David San Martino match right. from earlier. You're waiting for Bruno to get involved. Everybody right. really wanted to see Cindy Lopper get involved. Yeah, they did this earlier in the match instead of it being the finish. But still, yeah, they they gave the fans what they wanted to see. You know, exactly. and and Cindy Lopper was scrappy too. You know, she, she was, came over, dude. She, she looked she good doing it. She didn't eyes. look out yeah. of place. Yeah, yep. well, she's from Queens. You know what I mean? She's probably been in a couple of fights. She don't fuck around. Yeah. Um, then Wendy gets Leilani and, um, she does like an FU on her, but she stays standing and yeah. slams her ass fucking hard, dude. Like it mm-hmm. looks better than any FU I've ever seen. Like she like whips her toward the mat. Yep. And, um, Leilani ends up turning it around. She does a backbreaker and she hits a crossbody off the top. I think Wendy tried to reverse it into she a did. pin because she yep. kicked her legs up, but she didn't quite get over. I don't know if when, if Leilani didn't roll with it or just. They hit kind of funny. Yeah. But she ends up sort of twisting around into a pin. One, two, three. And Wendy Richter wins. Yep. It wasn't super clean, but it did the job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then um, then you get another brawl after you got Cindy. She starts strangling Moolah. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. like, well, now I'm going to kill you. Now the match is over. Now I can kill you. <laughs> yeah. She strangles her. And then Wendy goes over there, and then Leilani ends up saving Moolah. Moolah goes to get in the ring, and I don't know if this was a shoot or what, but she hangs her foot up on the second rope when she's getting in, and she falls right on her fucking face, Moolah did. I wrote that, yeah. just I thought that she went down the way uh, Ric Flair uh, goes down, like from Dude. upright to suddenly flat. Are you, Scott, Are you? did we lose you? No, I'm here. Okay, you were gone for a second, but you're back. So weird. Yeah, whatever. Um, Yeah, she did. She went right down on her face the way Flair would. She caught that back foot. I think she did it on purpose because I don't think catching your back foot like that would drop you on your face. I think she was just like, I'm going to go out there and embarrass myself, you know, to get a pop out of the fans. Um, But it was fabulous moolah. She didn't bump for someone else. You know what I mean? She's like, yeah, I'll go out there and fall on my face, but not because someone fucking knocked me down. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wait. She, so she didn't trip. I mean, she tripped. She caught her foot on the top, on the middle rope when she was getting okay. in. Yeah. But I think, she, I think it was, uh, you know, I think she did it on purpose. Okay. Got it. Because then she was like crawling, you know, like she didn't yeah, just pop yeah. right back up like you would if you did it on, uh, by accident. Yeah, yeah. You know, she kind of sold it. But I was like, yeah, she like gave the audience something to fucking laugh at. But she didn't do it because of, you know, because of someone. She didn't make anyone look good <laughs> by doing it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I never thought about it before. Leilani Kai should be in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, we've talked about this a million times. Cindy Lauper should be in the Hall of Fame. Leilani Kai should be in the Hall of Fame because she was just as big a part of this as everybody else was. I totally enjoyed watching her. And she had that her. long career. She, she was the only one who was also at 10, you know, so she had a That's long right. career. Yep. You know, I mean, she was in the number two match of the first WrestleMania. She should be in the Hall of Fame. I 100% agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really love this match. It was perfectly put together. Um, they, It was like you said, they, the crowd wanted to see Cindy Lauper get involved. She did. And then she did it again. Yeah. Um, Wendy Richter wins the title. Moolah takes a face bump and embarrasses herself. It was just yep. really well done. Like they pulled it off perfectly. I thought it's totally. not something no one's going to watch it and be like, oh my God, that's Becky Lynch and Sasha. But you know, for what it was, it was perfect. 
Yeah, for 1985, given the position of women's wrestling at the time, it was great that they pushed this match as, like yeah. you said, kind of the number two main event. Yeah, yeah. The crowd pop for and it back really sit. echoed that. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Adam. 100%. And then backstage, Mean Gene interviews them and Cindy Lauper has lipstick all over her teeth. Nobody could have told her there was fucking lipstick on her teeth? Nah, it was too chaotic there. For fuck's sake, dude. And then she explains that she brought her towel because Moolah is bigger than her. Oh, time on that match was 6.14, and if I didn't read the one for Andre and Stud, that was 5.53. So at this, point, only, at this point, only one match has gone over 10 minutes. Damn. Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. We have uh, now... Yeah. Uh, before we start uh, info for the main event, uh, there's that usher in the tan crew neck who's... Uh, like uh, walking everybody up to the ring, just trying to separate uh, the fans from all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, he looked right. like from a distance, he looks shirtless because it's tan. But it also looks like his <laughs> nipples are like six inches lower than where they should be, and that they're facing sideways. <laughs> hmm. Was this Buddy Rose? <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> oh Jesus! Or Rashki? <laughs> oh my God! Fantastic! <laughs> oh, oh. Right. Uh, Fink says the main event is coming. The <laughs> bell rings. Ruthless aggression. <laughs> that was the alley. Eddie hits the oop. Uh, Billy Martin <laughs> is introduced as the guest ring announcer from the New York Yankees. And uh, he introduces Liberace, who enters with showgirls, and they do the can-can. The Rockettes. Yeah, the Rockettes. Yep. The world-famous Rockettes. And, and he yep. will be the timekeeper. Uh, with his crystal bell. He, he was just. Did he have a crystal bell? Yeah, Is that true? He did. Yeah. Like I didn't notice he, that. As yeah. I did notice it had a string. They pull. They seemed to pull a string to ring it. But I didn't notice that it was I, crystal. I, well, yeah. They they showed him, and he was like, he, he was literally he ringing. He stood a bell. up and just smiling at oh, everybody. He stood up like, and was like, uh, yeah. Oh, like, like, look a, at my like bell. a bell, like a bell that you hold, like that yes, kind of bell, like, like a bell oh, you would ring for, like. Yeah. For, okay. The, the the string was on the actual timekeeper's bell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that he was, was later a little like a bell th well, that you would call for a oh, maid, like Chessie from Parent Trap. I'm not only bringing that up because <laughs> Abbott Elementary. something's no, wrong with you. because Abbott Elementary is like one of the hottest shows, and Lisa and Walter is hilarious. Oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, Liberace was very fancy at the show. Yeah, he was. I mean, that's classy to bring your own bell. Mm -hmm. Fucking a, dude. That's like Yokozuna bringing his own oil to fry the turkey asses. <laughs> to fry the turkey asses, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Next, fried turkey asses. What is that? <laughs> Next, I've been considering like if I should just order the turkey somewhere this year so I could hone in and concentrate on really good sides. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Hone in and concentrate on a really good ass. I, I'd like to, but word. <laughs> uh, next intro is the outside the ring referee, Muhammad Ali. That, 
who uh, was supposed to be the regular referee. The original plan, they promoted oh. it as the regular referee. And on that A&E thing, actually, they showed a clip of Vince, and I think it was and Vince and Lord, on, on um, whatever Saturday show was on at that point. I don't know if that was, I don't think Superstars had started yet. It might have been All-American Wrestling. Whatever the Saturday show was, he was talking about the show, and he said, and tomorrow, your guest referee, he didn't say your outside referee oh, or your okay. second referee or anything like that, it was as of the day before. They were still promoting it as Muhammad Ali is the referee. Why'd they change it? Well, a story I heard was, um, I think Patterson said that Ali kind of showed up. Because Ali already had Parkinson's at this point. Right. And um, I apparently he showed up and they were like, oh, we don't think he can handle this. You know, he's a little, because he's a little loopy. You know what I mean? He's not yeah. all there. And you can kind of see it when he's walking in the ring. He looked sort of lost. Right. Um and we'll get into it. Parts of the match, he seemed a little lost, too. Yeah, like um, they had to keep ushering him out. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing in here? Like, get out of the yeah. ring. Right, right. So I think they were like, he doesn't really have the capacity to handle this. But also, you got T in there. It's the main event of the biggest show you've ever done. And you've got a guy who's not a wrestler in there. Yeah. And um, so they put Patterson in. They called Notable and put Patterson in there because of Ali. But also, it was sort of like a bonus to have a guy in there who can help T out. Help Mr. T. That makes sense. You know, because a lot of times, if you, and you really have to pay attention or really know what to look for, a lot of times you'll see referees telling guys stuff, you know, yeah, giving yeah. them times, which is happens all the time, but sometimes you'll see them whatever, you know. So now you got Patterson in there, who Patterson was, you know, known as like a genius as far as booking matches and putting matches together. Right. Um. So he would be the guy that Vince would trust to go in there and make sure nothing goes crazy. He was in, in the A&E uh, biography too. Okay. And he talked about it and he was like, man, it was crazy. Like I had to hold, it was chaos out there. And when we get in the match, it was chaos. And it Patterson really was. Like, was. Yeah. And he was like, I had to keep everything together. You know, like this was, there's no way no T would have done that. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. So one thing, uh, Oh, did you, okay. Um, so you said what matches, uh, right? Not yet. Just all the intros leading up to it, but here it is. This is a non, if you don't yeah, know, a non-title tag team match and is the main event of the inaugural WrestleMania. Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff with cowboy Bob Orton taking on Hulk Hogan, the heavyweight champion, and Mr. T. So uh, with, with Jimmy Snuka Jimmy in the corner. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. And the reason Snuka was in the corner was because not long before this, Snuka was like the biggest baby face in wrestling. Yeah. Um, he was huge he was. in every territory he ever worked in. He was huge in WWF. Um, this is only a couple years removed from him doing the dive on to Morocco from the top yep. of the cage. Correct. So Vince wanted him on the show and he wanted him involved. But Snuka was also a nightmare. And he didn't trust him to put him in. A, I mean, besides that he had tea, you know, he was just like, eh, we'll just put you out there. It's just so fucking people come to see you kind of thing. Right. We're not going to give you a lot of responsibility because you're a lunatic. And I don't think Snooker was around much. I think he was only around a couple more months after this. That was it. Yeah, he was gone he was, shortly after one. And he was gone for five years. He didn't come back till five. Yeah, that's correct. He ended up in the AWA mm -hmm. for a little mm -hmm. while. And then, yeah, he was gone from WWF for, yeah, like you said, about five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, the teams are in the wrong corners. This is only the second tag match of the night, but they're in the opposite yep. corners from the previous match. So the yep. faces are in the heel corner. The heels are in the face corner. And I know this is years before they had established corners for heels and faces, but it still looks weird every time I see it. It does. 
You know, you just never get used to seeing that because every tag team match I've seen for the last probably 30 years or more, they have the heel and the face corner. So That's it right. was kind of weird. Yep. Um. So you start out with Hogan and Orndorff in the ring. Piper wants to get in. Orndorff tags him in. And now you're like, cool. Now we got Hogan and Piper face to face. Then T wants to get tagged in. Hogan walks over there, looks at the crowd. Should I tag him in? All right. Tag him in. And then you get that nose to nose thing with Piper and T, which is just so Human. iconic. Like you've seen that picture a thousand times. You've seen the yeah. highlight. You've seen that in highlight reels for the last 38 years. It's a WrestleMania moment. It's a WrestleMania moment. And it was just nothing. It was just them going nose to nose. And Piper would have been more facing the camera than T. And Piper just has this look on his face. Like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. You know, he and was he, so believable. He probably really felt that way too. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah like that looked like fucking fire in his eyes. Just hate. Yeah. And uh, they trade slaps and Piper kicks him and takes him down with a waist lock. And T struggles for a minute, but he eventually gets he has out. The right, and they're do, so they're doing he a little has bit. the right of, idea. Get your body sideways so he can't fully get it in. Yeah. Right. And Gorilla was calling and he's doing sit-outs trying to get out and he eventually does. Um, and so Piper said, Piper said going into this match, he wanted to do this kind of stuff because he knew T had wrestled. So T was, uh, he wrestled in high school. I don't think he wrestled. I don't even know if he went to college. Um, but he wrestled in high school and he was like all city champion or citywide champion, whatever it's called, which like doesn't sound that impressive, but he went to school in Chicago. So he went to school. He was the champion of a city with 3 million people at the time or how, you know, I mean, I don't know how many people lived in Chicago at the time, but it was millions of people. So, you know, he was a champ. He was Duke could wrestle. So Piper's idea was to focus on that because he was like, if he starts throwing some shitty punches that don't look good, it's going to ruin the whole thing. So that was really smart on Piper's part. Um, also, I forgot to mention, this is four days after Hogan almost killed Belzer. You were right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they go on Belzer's show and Belzer's being a wise ass and wants Hogan to put him in a hold. And Hogan puts him in a sleeper hold and legit him out. Yeah. knocks his ass out and drops him on his head. Dude, like, and just didn't try to help him down either. Like, no, he, he just, just let, him go. let him drop, dude. I don't, yeah, I was like, and you'd think Hogan would be able to be aware that he's suddenly dead weight. Because you can see it when it happens. His arms are like flailing and then they just drop. And he's like, his knees go loose and like, yeah, Hogan just kind of drops him right on his fucking head. Yeah. He let him go. Like, there's no way Hogan didn't realize he was dead weight. Yeah. Yeah. He had to have. I mean, even Belzer weighed about 45 pounds and Hogan's, you know, had the largest arms in the world, but you still would know that. Yeah. Dr. D set quite the tone with these TV personalities. Like, lay him the fuck out. Who cares? Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I'm sure Hogan Um, has stories um, on how he brought him back to life. <laughs> yeah, I get mad about the power of Hulkamania. <laughs> the Hulkster in heaven. He almost became a Hulkster no. in heaven. He was almost a Hulkster in heaven, but I saved his life, brother. <laughs> Saw the light and said, "Nope, back up. You're not qualified to be a Hulkster in heaven. Go do SVU." <laughs> <laughs> Only the 24 inch pythons could do CPR like that. I said a prayer, popped the vitamin in his mouth. He came back to life, brother. Staying alive, brother. Staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, shit. um so uh t picks piper up and this is great and i didn't ever think about this until watching that documentary t picks piper up into a fireman's carry piper told him to do that he called that in the ring and he held him there for a minute and he did that like wade barrett slam where he slams him forward yeah 
one of the pictures that ended up hitting all the newspapers and all the media the day after this was a picture of Piper lifted up in that fireman's carry. And I guarantee that was Piper thinking that. Like, that was Piper thinking, like, this is going to make a great photograph. Yeah. It's going to be the heel lifted over the TV star's shoulders. Yeah. And it ended up being the AP print of that and USA Today. Because, like, this was big media at the time. It was the biggest. Oh, absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, absolutely. this was still, like, regular media would still report on wrestling for a few years after this. But this was, like, in a minor way, you know, it'd be like a little blurb. But this was major. Like, they actually printed that picture all over the country. Well, it didn't hurt that Mr. T was in, like, one of the top-rated TV shows on TV at the time. And this is only a couple years after Rocky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he was a megastar on that that move. Yes, 100%. Yeah, so when I heard that Piper called that move to him, I was like, what a fucking genius to be like, put me in a fireman's carry because this is going to go viral, you know? Yeah. Piper backs him into the corner, and that's where everything goes crazy. Um, it's just like everybody, this is the first time the match erupts. Everybody's in the ring. Ali gets in right. there. Um, Ali fucking sticks Piper's ass. He actually punched him in the face. <laughs> and he takes the swing at Orton. And this is when I'm like, I don't think Ali, I, I think Ali thinks this is a real fight. Like, I think he's, <laughs> dude, yes. Didn't he yeah. look like that? Uh, Ali struck me as somebody who just wanted to get in there and fuck some shit up. And right, he like wanted he, to beat up the bad guys with the good guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like a fan that Believed went crazy or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and Patterson took a while to get him out of the ring. Like Orton's off the apron. Piper's heading to the dressing room. Yeah. And Ali's still standing there. And Patterson took it took a lot of work for Patterson to get him out of there. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and then they yeah. cut to Billy or uh, Billy Borton, uh, Billy uh, Martin, and Billy Martin has had a great fucking time. fucking laughing, dude. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is great. Yeah, right. He's having he's having the time of his life. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the heels head to the dressing room. And they're like, "Fuck this." Yep. Taking a power. And um, they I, eventually I come back. Starts, you know, they don't get counted out. Counting, and then Hogan tells them to stop counting. Yeah, yeah he Hogan breaks the count. Yeah, yeah, they get back in, and then um, they end up See taking those, the heels. End up taking a, a double noggin those, knocker. Those animated eyes. Oh, get in here! Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then so Hogan takes them both out. He hits an atomic drop on Piper, and Piper sells it like he's fucking Rick Rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, then he just gets down on the mat and starts choking him. And Patterson's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. He didn't seem to mind. Hogan doing his heel shit. Yeah. And then T tags in and the match goes back into chaos mode. It just keeps going crazy. Like the match is insane. Like I forgot. I haven't seen this match in probably five or six years. I forgot how crazy it was. It was just constant. Yeah, a lot of motion, a lot of chaotic moments. And yeah, it was nuts, dude. Yeah. Um, Hogan gets back in. He hits the boot near the ropes and Piper goes over the top. And then Orndorff clotheslines Hogan out. And at this point, I realize how filthy the fucking floor is. Oh, God. Yeah. There's shit everywhere. Yeah, Jimmy or, uh, Jimmy Hart's brain matter was still on the floor. Oh. <laughs> Disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Snook's girlfriend's brain is on the floor. Shit. <laughs> it was a regular Zapruder film. Yeah. We just had a roast where you could do this shit. <laughs> and we did. And we did. Uh, that's, that's true. Um, Piper ends up hitting Hogan with a chair and nobody cares. I don't know if Patterson saw it or what. You couldn't tell, you know, but yep. whatever. And I, at this point, I noticed the crowd has been standing the entire time. They never sat down. And what's funny is Gorilla would always say that. Oh, mm-hmm. this place is standing. Nobody's taking a seat. Like Gorilla wasn't lying when he said that during this match, dude. That place was everybody right. was standing. Totally. Yeah. Was hot for this match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
then it's a lot of um then it kind of slows down gets into a regular tag match and t is constantly trying to get into the ring yeah like he's just like just completely disrespects the rules of tag team wrestling 100 yeah he's le- he's not holding the tag rope he's constantly got one foot over the rope or his head yep. is under the rope and patterson keeps coming over there getting him out and i think part of that is patterson going and telling him stuff yeah like dude you're, you're yeah. making this look bad stop it or no like hey this that. is the next thing uh you know count and look like he's pushing him out of the ring but tell him like okay you're gonna tag in in a minute you know that. Kind oh of yeah thing. that makes sense yeah yeah um the only time he doesn't try to get in the ring is when hogan gets pinned right <laughs> it was great um so they're working hogan over eventually orndorff misses a top rope elbow and hogan tags t in and the heels immediately beat him down which was great yeah. like you think it's gonna be a hot tag situation but no they fucked t right up yep um and then, then you get into the finish. Um, Piper tries to get in. Pat Patterson stops him. Bob Orton gets in. And then Snooker runs in and hits him with like a jumping headbutt. Jumping headbutt, yep. Then it, everybody gets in the ring. Orndorff um, has a full Nelson on Hogan. Orndorff climbs the top rope. The referee's distracted by T. Or Patterson's distracted by T. Piper goes to charge them. T intercepts him. Hogan turns around to take a cast shot from Orton gets out of the way Orton hits Orndorff with the cast across the back of the neck Hogan pins him one two three it was really the finish came out of nowhere it was a cool finish but it was, it was cool just kind of like it was like they quickly went into the finish you know it's like they're working Hogan over and 30 seconds later like, the match is over the right guys took the pin and got the pin in this match I'd say the lead up the oh lead absolutely up right because Piper's was like get him ready for the end get him ready for the end it's coming it's coming you just did it okay Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hogan's Hogan's your top guy. Um, and T's not going to be there after this for a while. Yes. T's a part-timer. And, yeah. and Piper's definitely your money heel. So you're absolutely right. Uh, the right guy took the pin by the right guy. 100%. And, and Piper do- said... Piper says, fuck this, I'm out, and Orton follows him while t- while Orton is... While Orndorff is still knocked out. Fucking laid out. Yeah, out cold. Yeah, yeah. And then T comes to wake him up, and he wakes up and freaks like the fuck out. And he's ready to fight salts. again. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah yeah it's like yeah. um it's and like yelling faces... what year is it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the faces celebrate in the ring the celebrities get in orndorff stays on the apron for a long time pissed off and it, then they show the replay and i realize orndorff or i mean uh orton did all of this in cowboy boots yeah it's impressive climbed the top rope jumped off it landed on his feet in cowboy boots the whole time and didn't break an ankle which is another good underrated he, guy oh absolutely yeah and it's good he didn't break an ankle because it would have broken for fucking 18 months like his wrist <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> how good was orndorf dude i know i talked about barry windham earlier fantastic orndorf is one of those guys that while we would agree that barry windham would probably never be wwf champion i think that paul orndorf should have been heavyweight champion i think so i think so yeah that guy looked like a million bucks wrestled like a million bucks he could be a heel he could be a face was basically good on both sides of the ball so to speak just oh what a fucking talent like you see that guy at wrestlemania one watches other matches just so fucking good and he really got his time to shine in this one and what an honor Mm -hmm. for him to be in the first wrestlemania main event uh little known fact also uh this is hogan's first wrestlemania that's true yeah yes that's right and uh this was the first time ever that people headlined their first WrestleManias. That's exactly correct, yes. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever These have a trivia question... Yep. Right, if you ever have a trivia question, 
who was in the main event, their first WrestleMania, all four of these guys were. Yep. That's yeah. right. And I thought I actually worked that out the other day. It was like the first 10 WrestleManias, I think, where at least one of them. No, it wouldn't have been the first 10. It'd be the first. You're not wrong, dude, because Piper ref that 10 in the main event. Uh, no, I'm saying if so- the first WrestleMania someone was in, they were in the main event. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. So what, see what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, I'm wrong. It wasn't that many. It was no, because two Bundy had already been in one. Um, yeah. No, I'm completely making this up. Well, but either Hogan and Piper was in the main event of every WrestleMania through ten, because Piper That's ref true. the main event of ten. That's true. You're right. Yeah. 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 Drunk fact. Drunk fact. Um, backstage that we just came G- up with. Back, backstage, Gene Mean interviews the faces, and there are hella people back there, like it's just like, a bunch, of, all kinds of people crowded it's not around. Like them. the show, yeah, like the show ended as soon as the pinfall uh, took place. So it's like, okay, show's over. Let's get everything sorted, get cleaned up. No, yeah, it, it just, yeah. it just like a whole entourage back there. backstage. Yeah. yeah, and Gene gives them all a second to talk and. When he lets Jimmy Snuka talk, if you look at that guy, he looks like he looked like he started the after party before the show. <laughs> yes, he did. I don't know what was going on with that guy, but he looked a little so, out of it. No, he started the party so a that, week before. So dude. that explains why Tito was already <laughs> yeah. dressed. He started the party at a hotel <laughs> pool in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I love how and, Adam led off the show with being turned on. Because Hogan specifically used yeah. those words in I his interview. To, I, like, I meant to point that thing. out. Time, so they yeah. interviewed T. He's like trying to be catch his breath and be emotional, try to give some some kind of wisdom from the experience that he had. Uh, all right. Didn't talk about D- his mother, didn't talk though. Didn't talk about his mother. Save that for how many years later. And then tur- turns it to Hogan. <laughs> all right. Thank you for your thoughts, T. Hogan, what are your thoughts? I was so turned on, brother. I was so turned on, brother. I thought this guy was going to beat up everybody in the ring. I believed in T. <laughs> um, so after that, we go back to Gorilla and Jesse, who are recapping the show and are not lit at all. No, no, like they at are all. dark. Yeah, you yep. can barely see those two fucking guys. Yeah. And then they show um, just still shots from the show with uh, the credits rolling over it and... They did play Easy Lover, and they played some weird shit on Pecock. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that Um, was. So I have a few little statistics for this show. Um, First of all, there's a lot of bleached hair in this show. Yes. Right? So you've got Buddy Rose, Matt Bourne, Johnny Valiant, Stud, and Patterson all had bleached hair. And Hogan. Uh, No, I think Hogan's hair is actually uh, blonde. Is it really? I think so, yeah. Because you've seen pictures of him as a kid, you know? Oh, interesting. I know yeah, yeah. he was no, an actual hair... blonde. Yeah, he is, he is. Um, okay. No, he, yeah. he was actually born um, with I... bleached hair, and then he, he was able to change it to blonde <laughs> yeah. with his I don't know. I don't know if the carpet matches the uh, drapes, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, every match on the show has someone in it who is dead. Ooh. Oh, and this might be the only WrestleMania like that. We'd have to look at the next couple, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I'm sure at four, everyone, because there were so many matches, two and three, I don't know. We'd have to look, but I'm sure a lot of them do. But so you've got uh, match one, Buddy Rose is dead. Match yep. two, Bundy is dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I believe SD Jones is still alive. Rat, match, uh, no, SD Jones is dead too. Okay, so at they're least. all dead. 
I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure every referee on the show is dead too because they were all like 70. Yeah. Um Matt Bourne is dead, match 3, yeah. match 4, Bruno and Johnny Valiant are both dead. Match 5, Jimmy uh Junker Dog is dead. Yep. Match 6, Nikolai and Lou Albano are dead. 7, Andre and Stud both are and Heenan. Match 8, Moolah is dead and match 9 is uh Piper and Orndorff. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, and Snooka. And Snooka. Oh, and Snooka. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's like... Our... Oh, and Patterson. Patterson's dead. And Patterson also, and yeah. Yeah, it's like all And of our... fucking Ali while we're at and it. And Ali, fuck. You're right. Everybody except uh, Hogan and T. Yeah. Lo- yeah, and T's They're the true survivors, great. brother. And... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Well, Eye of the Tiger was written by Survivor. And Liberace. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Liberace. Yeah. And Billy, Billy Martin. Martin. I was gonna say, I assume he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. And yeah. Fink. While we're at it, Fink. And Fink. And Gene. And Heenan. I forgot Heenan. Son of a bitch. And Gene. God damn. Oh, Hayes is dead. Lord is dead too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Gorilla. Vince. I mean, Vince. I'm sure is you know. Yeah, and Gorilla. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. A, well, we, yeah, we got we got Vince on suicide watch. It's a bit of right. a morbid statistic right. now that you bring that up. I know, I know. I was watching it. It took me pretty long into the show to think about that. And I was like, is someone dead in every match? Damn. And yes. Um. So f- to wrap it up, I thought, well, let me give you this. The average match time, if I didn't give you the match time for the last one, was 13.34. I averaged this out. Um, and at 6.86 minutes is the average match time. I have no idea how to convert that to minutes and seconds. <laughs> You know what I mean? I have no idea what point eighty six of sixty is. I oh, I guess I could do. You, I don't know. I suck at math. I barely even fucking figured out that it was six point eight six minutes. But that's the average uh, time for a match is six point eight six minutes. Somebody uh, do the math and tweet me. Um, the total running time of the show was only two hours and eighteen minutes. Oh wow! Okay, this felt really, like it was quick to watch. It was really short, and I should have totaled up the actual match time, but it's. I don't think it's an hour. Um, but for the most part, I thought it was a home run. If you watch it now, like, yeah, no, the matches aren't going to compare to matches you see now or most of the matches aren't anyway. But it was like everything that needed to happen on this show happened and it was executed perfectly. Yeah. You know, that, that main event that. that main event came off perfectly. You're totally right about who got the pin. That was perfect. T, they let T shine, but they didn't expose him. Yeah. Uh, they the second biggest match tonight was the women's match, and they the two of them went out there and had a really good match. And they did I just thought everything that I thought the whole thing came off really well. Like they couldn't have done a better job with this WrestleMania. And of course it ended up being huge. I mean, you couldn't book a bigger show than what they did, especially with the celebrities on it. They even managed to squeeze in Bruno San Martino, like the house that Bruno built, WrestleMania one included him, and he had a big moment on the card. Let him kick a guy's ass. Exactly, and he wasn't even an active performer at this point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They hit yeah. all of their spots. Right. I mean, don't like tweet me and be like, "Oh, none of these matches were as good as the matches on fucking Dynamite this week." Of yeah, course, no, we they fucking fu- know that. Of course, they weren't. But it was a per for, for what it was. At, it was a at perfect. At the eighties, resourceful yeah. with what you had to do the perception of creating the wrestling extravaganza. It was perfect. Okay, I don't know about perfect, but it really, really worked. Yeah. Yeah. No, it did. And again, they didn't have a template to go off yeah. of, right? right? They weren't producing a house show here. They were doing one of the first ever pay-per-views for people to buy and watch at home on closed circuit, whatever, what have you. 
They didn't mm-hmm. have a template to go off of. There wasn't yeah. anything like, okay, these guys did this and we liked that part. And these guys did this. We're going to pull from that and kind of piece all this shit together. No, they created the template. Yeah. They were going off of like, okay, we think this is a good idea. Let's see how it plays. And then they refined that over the years to what WrestleMania is now, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're coming up on Pretty the 39th incredible. one pretty soon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I also did the math on uh, the average time. That would be six minutes, 51.6 seconds. Okay. So 51 is 0.86 of 60. There you go. Good to know. Thank and now you. we know. I'm glad. I'm glad someone knows how to do fucking math. Now I can sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. I always. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned that shit in high school and immediately forgot it because I knew I was never going to use it again. During. And the, <laughs> until the you biggest, needed it for a podcast. Yeah. Until I need it for a stupid wrestling podcast. And the biggest <laughs> rib of all time is remember when you were in math class and you're asked the teacher like, why do I need to remember this? We have calculators. And they'd always say, yeah, but you're not always going to have a calculator with you. Yeah. Well, Joke's guess what you. now, bitch? Yep. Yeah, I always think yeah. it's funny as Guess fuck what? during trivia. Make like after everyone's put away, how many beers? Make the last category something math related. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> that's just that's just. What's five rude. times two? Uh, ass. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Seven. Seven. <laughs> All right, we're over two hours with this, so let's wrap it up. Of course, probably ten minutes of it was Scott's FaceTime failing. Yeah. Hey, sorry. Yeah. Shit happens. Yeah. I didn't think this one was going to be this long. It was short matches and fucking short, you know, not a lot of them, but but that's what you but do when you're drinking. Not as I long so. as Mania itself. Yeah, that's almost. True. That's, it's we're, dude, we're we're about we're about thir- there. Should we talk for another thirteen minutes? Or and do, do we make have it a tie? credits to roll or some shit? <laughs> I'll use like I'll, I'll use I'll use twelve minute long intro, outro music. We'll turn our lights out. Pretend we're fucking Gorilla and Jesse at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? The one thing I do want to say um, that I forgot to say at the beginning of the show, uh, thanks to everyone who listened to the roast. And we got comments from a few of you guys. Definitely seems like you guys liked it. Um, it was a lot of fun. We worked our asses off on it. So I'm glad you guys liked it. I fuck it. Pro- I probably spent seven, eight hours editing it. And and I started writing for it in like January. Um, shit, that's right. You guys that's don't- when we decided it. Yeah, it was months, months before. And um, just to pull the curtain back, Adam way, uh, what's the word? Uh, Overachieved on his. Um, Adam's opening set was actually a half hour long. So he wrote (laughs) way. Without even noticing it. (laughs) Without even noticing it. Without even noticing it. Somehow he wrote a half hour of opening material. Um, after last year doing a perfect eight or 10 minutes, he was like, well, I'll do 30 because <laughs> more is better. So we had to cut a lot of that down. And I think unless Adam wants to reuse some of it later, I think you might, I think you guys might hear some of that before the, before the year is over uh, or hear all of it before the year's end. I don't know if I talked to you about this or not. Adam. Uh, we did, but, but um, uh, yeah, that, it, it's still okay. in the works, but okay. so I, I only figured like the only two people who could talk about the Miz for half an hour are apparently me and the Miz. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I uh, hope you guys so- enjoyed it because it's probably going to be the last fucking one. <laughs> the last one for a year. Yeah. Uh, this. <laughs> yeah. If you guys have any suggestions for for the next one, who, um, who are the targets? Know. Who deserves it? But yeah, this this yeah. roast was fucking rude. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. Brutal. And so it was yeah. Good. Anyway, thanks for thanks 
Thanks for checking it out. I'm glad you guys liked it. And uh, Adam, with that, let's wrap this up because we are now officially 11 minutes short of being as long as that WrestleMania. That takes care of our WrestleMania episode, the inaugural <laughs> one. Ridiculous. Uh, back in the year of our Lord, 1985, what'd you think of this pay-per-view uh, as it happened or when you eventually watched it? And what do you think about our coverage on it? Please let us know on the social media platforms. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. Please tell your family, friends, heels, and faces to like, share, and subscribe to our show. And leave some reviews, especially for the roast. And, uh, of, yeah, a, a bunch of other episodes. But even for the roast, please leave us reviews so that we can get those, uh, like, iOS or whatever, like, boosts and recognitions so that we could keep this drunk wrestling adventure going. Uh, with Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we'll see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three, external occipital protuberance. Sometimes the world looks perfect, nothing to rearrange. Sometimes you just Get a feeling like you need some kind of change No matter what the odds are this time Nothing's gonna stand in my way This flame in my heart Like a long lost friend Gives every dark street a light at the end Standing tall On the wings of my dream Rising